Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. You're a craftsman, so you spend a little bit extra for tools made in the USA and guaranteed for life. Why should your workwear be any different? Let's face it, you work in some tough situations. You need tough workwear that works with you, not against you. 1620 Workwear builds the toughest, most comfortable workwear right here in the USA. The science is in the fabric, from fit and finish to comfort. 1620 Workwear has a fit for almost any environment, no matter your trade. 1620 Workwear is ready to go to work right away and needs no break-in period. It's also guaranteed for life. Visit www.1620usa.com or follow on Instagram at 1620USA. 1620 Workwear, American-made and guaranteed for life. Hey there, Garage Build Podcast listeners. I want to talk to you today about a product that I use every single day, and you should too. It's products from Fix Your Lid, and they make grooming products right here in the United States of America. And their most important claim is they source every one of their raw materials in the United States, even down to the boxes they arrive in. Basically, if it's made in another country, they will refuse it, even if that means spending significantly more money to do so. They make shampoos, conditioners, pomades, and hair gels, and I personally use the shampoo, conditioner, and pomade every single day. Most of their products are also available in a trial size or if you want a smaller travel size, if you will. And you can buy these products at any Target store or online at Target.com. You can follow them on Instagram at FixYourLid, and I recommend them. I use them. And I hope you will too. Welcome back to the Helen Wheels Garage Build Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hallman. In this episode, I sat down with Kyle Ray Rice. Uh, he is a custom motorcycle builder from the Bradenton, Sarasota area. Uh, he's a good kid. He's got a lot of enthusiasm here, as you will see in the uh, in the podcast here. He has built two of the coolest bikes that I've seen in the longest time. I'm not just saying that. He's got his own style. He's not afraid to challenge himself or work outside of every other confine that we have in the motorcycle business. And I like the fact that he cut up an FXR, and he's going to talk about his new plans for, for that bike. That's his bad company bike that was at Mama Tried a couple years ago. Kyle was the winner of the Best in Show, the Rick Hallman Legacy Award, named in honor of my uh, custom bike builder father that passed away back in September of 2018. Kyle won the Best in Show trophy, and as um, the winner of that, you have to agree to come back the next year, pick whoever is going to win the Best in Show trophy, and you have to be willing to make that trophy uh, as well. And so I did that so that it would become an artist's award and that the artists that win that award 
kind of create a community around it so that no matter what happens to the show, uh, long-term, short-term, that that's a coveted award, kind of borrowing some of the essence of the Riddler Award for the Autorama in Detroit. It's been around since the 50s. So um, make sure you visit our sponsors at namscustomcycleproducts.com and check out what they have going on with their new electric lighting line of products. If you're looking for high-quality LEDs for your V-Twin motorcycle, nobody does it better than electric. That's my factual opinion based in my factual opinion database. <laughs> um, check them out, namscustomcycleproducts.com or check them out on Instagram. If you're interested in purchasing some of the product, make sure you visit your local Tucker Rocky dealer or you can do a little bit of shopping online direct market at namscustomcycleproducts.com. And if you know anything about the V-Twin industry, nobody has more solutions for wiring situations on your motorcycles than NAMS does. Also check out Lexan Moto. Their FT4 Pro line of communicators are top shelf. I use one myself. We sell them here at Cycle Stop USA. If you're interested in purchasing one, you can save 40 bucks when you buy a two pack and then you and your bride or you and your buddy or you and a perfect stranger if you're so inclined to give one to them will have a way to communicate while you're riding. It's got a built-in FM receiver. It's got a SOS light. It's uh, it's very feature-rich, and they do a great job. And I've been using mine now for six or seven months. And I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you more than likely listen to the Fast Life Garage podcast. And Jace has been a proponent of Lex and Moto for quite some time. And I have to tell you that that is not a paid endorsement. I am endorsing that product because I use it, I sell it, and I think it's a great product and they're a great company. So check them out online. Go to deathmetalracing.com and check out Boosted Brad's line of high-performance V-Twin parts. Also check out my other buddy, Paul, at bareknuckleperformance.com. I am building a bike right now for the Midwestern Grinder, a.k.a. Aaron Coit, on Instagram. And his FXRT is going to be bitching, and it's got a ton of parts from Paul Weidman and Bare Knuckle Performance. It's going to have some boosted Brad death metal racing parts on it. It's got a killer R&R Cycles billet 127 cubic inch engine, and it's going to be speed metal built by yours truly. So welcome back. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all your downloads. We appreciate all of your support. We appreciate all your help. If you are interested in coming to our show here at the RP Funding Center in downtown Lakeland, Florida. It is going to be December 5th and 6th. Go to cfwheelsofsteel.com to get all of the show information if you're interested in being a vendor, sponsor, or exhibitor. And of course, I'm stoked. Our show ambassador for the weekend is none other than the V-Twin visionary himself, Jeff G. Holt, a great friend of mine. I'm super stoked that he agreed to do this with us. It means a ton to me because it helps a local nonprofit that's near and dear to my heart as a former educator. Not sure if everybody knew that, but I used to teach high school both in Mulberry, Florida and in Wesley Chapel, Florida. And anytime we can help a nonprofit that provides free voluntary pre-kindergarten for every student in our community, they serve over... 30,000 families at over 300 sites. We're super stoked about that. And without further ado, I give you the next episode of the Hell on Wheels Garageville podcast.
Metal on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Hallman. So I'm gonna just gonna assume that um, since when when we text back and forth all the time that your text messages are green, you still have an Android phone, right? <laughs> yeah. Is, is there not is there not a radar on there that tells you what the weather's gonna be gonna be like or what? It was actually pretty bad. I missed the turn. Pull, pull this in. like kind of almost right like about a fist away from your face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Yeah. No, it was sunny in Sarasota. I think it's just Lakeland. <laughs> it's like a fucking hour and a half away. You could always look on there. It'll show you like where you're going yeah i was pretty dead set on just riding here <laughs> no i'm glad you did that fucking bike is fucking killer i i don't know i've told you before i'm i'm a fan i'm a fan of the of the kyle ray rice uh i'm the i'm the uh the what do you call it the in, the the main the number one member or the first member of the <laughs> kyle ray rice fan club <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> i appreciate you coming over and doing this man Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. It's- no, I fucking I wanted to do it for a really long time. You're super talented, and and we always have a good time when we you know when we hang out. Not that we hang out that much, but when we see each other, we always we always have uh, you know good tidings. So I thought you know this is n- no time better than now, and we've got you plastered all over the uh, the <laughs> Central Florida Wheels of Steel. You're like because you won the you you won last year. Yeah, yeah, I saw the the, the photo. <laughs> that and then you're on all <laughs> the, the hero Jesus cards. And, yeah, no, it was a great. I thought it was a good picture, man. Yeah. <laughs> so when you tell everybody who you are, I am uh, Kyle Rice, um, Kyle Ray Rice on Instagram. Um, I am a motorcycle builder out of Sarasota, Florida. I don't really have a company, but <laughs> hey, fuck it. You build some killer machines. Yeah. The first bike, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think um, you reached out to me last year, so it would have been last spring when we first announced the show. You you heard somewhere that we were doing yeah. the Central Florida Wheels of Steel. Did you see that on the Instagram or where did you see that? Um, actually, through Jace's podcast. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I was just listening. I think uh, you were actually featured on it. So, and I, I just remember hearing about that show and uh, figured I'd I'd hit you up. And you were one of the first dudes. <laughs> you were one of the first dudes from Florida that 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 caught on to that. And uh, mm-hmm. we appreciate you coming and hanging out. And then you brought the bike that 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 won top honors. And uh, so this year you have to build the trophy for us. Yep. And now you have to pick. You have to pick the the winner. Yep. Is that so? Walk, walk me through. Tell me. You know, I mean, it was a one day show last year. It's a two day show this year. What is what? Have you had you won bike shows before? Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, done quite a few with that bike too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and and Brian Butera was the one that that picked it. So, I mean, it came from it came from a good place. Yeah. No, I think that was actually made it a way more special that that actually brian picked it and that's even funnier because uh so i just uh finished welding school and i actually met brian before we we realized we even built bikes really um and actually that's it's kind of how i was looking for a job i was looking for a welding job and uh i walked into uh s and b metals and I brought a, a resume, and just on my resume, I just I put building a shovel head. All right, <laughs> 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 like likes to fabricate on motorcycles, just because it right. was a job for I was wanting to be a fabricator. Sure. And uh, the first guy I talked to said, "Oh, I'll hand this your resume to my uh, foreman. I'm not sure if we're looking for anyone." And this guy comes out, and uh, he's like, "Well, I think we have stuff in common. We're both building a shovel head." And he started showing me photos of. Uh, 
stainless steel frame. Yeah. And um, I didn't really think much about it. I didn't, didn't get the job. I took another job as a fabricator. They didn't really – S&B wasn't hiring anyone. Right. And uh, lo and behold, I'm at Bike Week, like, I don't know, a year later or so. And uh, it's the first time I'm really, like, taking the bike to shows. The bike's been done for a couple months. Right. But I never really showed it other than, like, photos on Instagram. And uh, I'm looking at this red chopper. I'm like, that looks familiar. And then this guy's winning all these shows. And I'm, I'm like, that dude looks really familiar. Well, finally, like, Sunday, we're at the Rats Hole. And I finally connect the dots. And I'm like, hey, did you work at SMB in Bradenton? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah he, <laughs> he lives here up in town in Lakeland, mm-hmm. like, eight minutes from here. And he used to drive there every day. Yeah. That's, that's a fucking haul and a half dude you just drove it you know how far it is yeah (laughs) yeah i mean if it's on the motorcycle it'd be one thing you know but man driving a car that far every morning (laughs) i don't know i don't understand how he did that like building that bike while driving (laughs) an hour to work an hour and a half to work i know and then i would see him sometimes like halfway through the day like if if he would get like a half a day off or something he would come over to the shop and I did. I helped him do a couple of little things on uh, number two. I didn't. I didn't see number one until it was done. I mean, I, oh, that yeah? dude burst on to me. That dude just like came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm like Lakeland. I'm like, how do I not know this guy? That always surprises me. Do you ever get surprised like that where you're like, what the fuck, this guy? How do I not know this guy? Right? <laughs> like it's somebody like in your hometown or somebody you grew up with and you didn't yeah. even know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It surprises me all the time, just the chopper scene, little chopper kids that will pop up every once in a while, even in Sarasota. I mean, right. they just, like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> run by me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> where do you, uh, so where do you, where did you draw your, uh, where did you draw your inspiration from? I mean, what's, uh, what's the, tell us kind of your story. Cause I, here's what I know. I know that your dad is like either like super into nostalgia drag racing or collecting things that were historically significant, you know, and not necessarily everything that he's got it was, but if you have like an old Hemi, yeah. that's, that's he's historically significant, right? So <laughs> you're, you're like, you, you, you came up around this shit, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually three generate. It's probably spans further back than that, but, uh, right. it really goes back. Uh, there's actually supposedly relations to, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Batmobile, uh, Barris? Yeah, George Barris. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly, he's uh, my mom's side, relative. actually. But my grandfather used to build motorcycles. He actually, uh, I kind of grew up with stories about him because he died, like, right after I was born. Right. So uh, I kind of grew up with these stories of him taking in choppers. All the hippies, and they lived in Illinois, they'd come by, and he would chop the necks off their choppers, rake them out, and then put build these long front ends and my my dad always told me stories about all these sketchy choppers rolling out of this garage my grandfather would just make stuff out of he tore apart a bridge once and made a trailer out of it he uh was really into four by fours and this was when like four by fours were just coming up like the 70s era probably yeah yeah yeah, exactly he would he would just build these wild things he took a sportster and put a car tire on the back of it and extended the swing arm and did all this crazy stuff and Basically made it like a hill climb. <laughs> so do you have pictures of all this shit? Uh, I got some of them. I do have a photo of his uh, 
his triumph. He's got a triumph, and I think it's dated like '67. It's, right. It's like a pretty cool. It's got like a like a six foot uh, uh, sissy bar on the back of it. Nice. And it's got like I don't know, like three foot ape hangers. It's a pretty wild looking motorcycle. Your grandfather, a big guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the crazy thing. He was like six foot six, and he's building all these triumphs and sports <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Look like an ape on a, you know, straddling a banana. <laughs> that was the deal back then. You know, my mom came clean finally a couple years ago because my dad was a builder in the seventies, and he did really well uh, regionally. You know, as far as showing bikes and that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why triumphs? I didn't. Why? She goes, <laughs> we didn't have any fucking money. She goes, we couldn't, we couldn't afford a, yeah. a Harley back then. She goes, so we built what we could. That's what it was. I mean, they were broke. They were living in the poorest part of Illinois, you know, southern Illinois. Um, there's nothing there. I mean, he ended, I think he lost his job just because they just had because. nothing. Yeah, yeah, they replaced him, you know, with something new. And all the plants left. The unions weren't, you know, there's coal mines. That was it. Really? But uh, I didn't know there's coal yeah. mines in Illinois. Yep, yep. My uh, grandfather, my mom's dad, actually was a coal miner. Um, but, uh but yeah, yeah, it kind of, it went back to him, and I mean, that was pretty much their entire lives. Um, my dad bought and sold cars. He's got so many photos. He had like a, a couple chargers. It was mostly Mopars, and that's yeah. really, yeah, you can tell my dad's a, he's a Mopar guy. And Yeah, every once in a while, <laughs> you'll post a couple pictures, and I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it. And yeah, Mopars, Mo, guys that are Mopar guys are, are uh, that's an interesting breed. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't look at any... They're laser focused. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, they look at VIN numbers and <laughs> you know whether this has got that and that's got this. Yeah, they're kind of like FXR nerds. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're they're awful people. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> Some FXR guys are too. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty bad because I'm I'm almost the exact opposite of my father. <laughs> I'm I'm like the anti purist. They all think I'm like. <laughs> Damn, yeah. This horrible person that's cutting up stuff. You know, I'll cut something up just just to just to cut it. You know, right? But uh, yeah. So my grandfather, he was kind of like that. You know, he he liked uh, he liked chopping stuff up. He liked changing things. He was uh, he was like the only guy in Illinois that had an arc welder at the time. And uh, is that me or you? Oh, it's me. It's very rude of me. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. That shouldn't that that should not ever happen. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to take that out of there. It's Go ahead. Good. So your grandfather was the but, only arc welder it, around. Yeah, yeah. He he was like the only guy with an arc welder, and he was really good at uh, oxyacetylene welding, gas welding. Right. Um, That's an art form. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's very similar to TIG welding. Guys who can gas weld, just because the the motion's the same. You know, yeah, I did it one time and actually pulled it off. My dad yeah. taught me how to do it. Yeah. One of those things that one of those rare moments because we started our company so late in the game. For my, you know, my dad was in his early fifties when we started doing this uh, professionally. And so that was the first opportunity that he and I had to kind of collaborate on things. He taught me how to do that. That was yeah. pretty fucking cool with a rod, you know, the, yeah, the cool. brazing rod or whatever yeah. and flame. And it was just cool. Yeah, that's actually, if you're doing sheet aluminum, that's the way to go. Right. Like, that's actually, I've, I've been told, I don't know the validity to this, but top fuel drag cars, the oil pans, they uh, gas weld them because the vibrations are so 
rough. They don't right. want to TIG weld them and for it to hard brittle. Yeah. Yeah, or they might anneal them too, but I know gas welding, like in general, is a softer, like especially for sheet aluminum. It's actually superior for that. I mean, but um, that must be why Jesse did it on when all those old aluminum fuel tanks that he did. You know, that's actually one of the things that got me, like convinced me to go to welding school was I was watching a show or something, and it was because I knew my my grandfather. He like did all this, you know, welding and stuff, and I watched a video and it. It was Jesse James, like, uh, gas welding a gas tank. And yeah, that's like, Motorcycle Mania 1. Sunglasses. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I just, I thought that was cool. I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll figure out how to make a gas tank. <laughs> I just got to learn how to do that. But uh, but anyways, uh, back to that. Uh, so it definitely skipped a generation because when I was brought up, my dad, I, cars and motorcycles were always a thing. And it was really just cars mostly. Mm-hmm. We rode dirt bikes. He got us into dirt bikes. My first dirt bike was a PW50. Right. Um, you know, it had training wheels. Sure. And it was like a weed whacker motor. It didn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, and then, uh, you know, I, we always had dirt bikes and stuff. But my dad, he was always into at the time, he was actually building a 70, it was a 1970 Challenger for my mom. It was an RT clone. Wow. Um, small block, big block? Small block. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just a... Sure. Yeah. It was Street a car. It was actually a pretty car. I've got photos of that one. Um, Shit. I mean, those cars are worth buku bucks right now. Yeah. Try to find one of those for under 30 grand. Oh, he sold it for like 10 grand like 10 years ago. Yeah, right, bef- right before they went through the roof, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing about Mopar guys. That's why it's such an easy thing to compare Mopar guys to FXR guys is because uh, yeah. I look at Mopars and they have some of the coolest cars. They have some of the ugliest cars. Yeah. They have some of the most high-powered cars. <laughs> but it's like in 73 and down Mopars. Well, yeah. So <laughs> the first pass I ever made in a drag car on a drag strip was in a 1969 Roadrunner with a big okay. block. Which is our, actually was my first car. Well, a 69 Roadrunner? I never drove it. It was, it was a rusted shell and never finished I, it. I just think that is such a great-looking car. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. that is a yeah. fantastic-looking automobile. Mm-hmm. 65 Barracuda. Not so much. No. Early darts, not so much. But I will say, in my opinion, the coolest Barracudas were A-body Cudas, 67 through 69. Because you don't see as many of those as the 70. You don't, up. but I, it's one of my least favorites. I just don't like E-bodies, man. They're, they're I, just see, I love them. a 74 Cuda. is like the last year. Yeah. And I knew a dude. I don't know. Maybe this is just me being, uh, what is that, you know, um, where you're, you're – Kind of probably, I'm probably making it cooler than what it was. Yeah. But I worked at Dairy Queen, and there was this dude who was a few years older than me. He had a '74 Cuda, uh-huh. and it was like this mint green. And you could see where his dad had helped him paint it, but it was rusty. <laughs> and I, you know, Mopars are rusty. Yeah. And it was just jacked up. And this dude had like long hair and a hot girlfriend. He would come through the drive-through <laughs> and get them Sundays. I'm thinking, man, I want a fucking Cuda someday. Yeah. He's badass. You know, <laughs> driving around listening to Motley Crue on a, in a Cuda. You know what I mean? Yeah. My dad's a, or my uncle has a '71, which was my dream car at the time. It's just I've seen so many of them being like around Mopars. My dad dragging me to Don Garlit's show every year <laughs> right. when I was a kid. I just there's so many e-body Cudas that it's just like. 
it's kind of like a Camaro or a Mustang, you know? Where yeah, it's well, just like, I mean, it's a that's a very good comparison. It's a Me Too car. Oh, <laughs> it's a Street Glide. Yeah. <laughs> you have a Street Glide? Oh, yeah, Me Too. Yeah. What color? Black? <laughs> yeah, it's the black one out in the, out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that was the cool thing about Mopars, though, is they had crazy colors. Yeah, though. they had plum they, crazy there purple There wasn't as green. many of them, you know? Like, it wasn't like a Ford where there was like a... And I know you're a Ford guy, so... <laughs> hey, dude, I just bought my first Dodge ever. Oh, yeah? I just bought a brand new Ram pickup truck. Oh, shit. Yeah. What year? 2019. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, how big is the... It's Hemi it's kind of Hemi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? And I, I will tell you this, dude. Hands down. Hands down. Me being a Ford guy, like, through and through, Yeah. I just couldn't do it. The new Ford. I can't buy an aluminum pickup truck. Not. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And do I wanted they even to, offer the V8s anymore on those? I don't or? know. And that's the other thing. So I'm like, look, yeah. I've... I'm had enough of overhead cam motors. Yeah. I want a push rod engine. And dude, this thing's got more fucking balls. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like overly impressed. You you need to see the, uh, my dad's building a 1971 D100. And he put a, he's already got the motor in it, but it's a 2016 5.7 Hemi in it. Um, he's basically putting the whole entire Royal wearing harness in it. Well, that's what I've decided. It's like, I want to get an old hot rod and I'm going to fix it up. And I still may. But I'm like, you know what? When I want to go drag racing again, I'm going to go buy a 2010 fucking Hemi, yeah. Hemi Challenger, and I'm going to take it to the drag strip, and I'm going to take the passenger seat out of it and take the back seats out of it and take the fucking the, the spare tire out of it. I'm going to put skinnies in the front, drag radios <laughs> in the back, and I bet you the car will go 1190s. Yeah. I yeah. bet you it'll go 1190. If it's Hell got yeah. anywhere, anywhere near the balls this truck does, I'm like, <laughs> this thing's actually got a lot of balls. Yeah. So yeah. The, getting back on track, I, I was I'm I'm impressed with it and I'm I'm sold on it as far as power wise, right? So yeah. I, I've come full circle, yeah. but you know what I mean. That was my rule with my daughters: is listen, you can bring any boy home you want, do not bring home a boy that drives a Dodge. <laughs> that was literally a real rule <laughs> in my family. Yeah. But I've since then I've 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 put that away and I've buried that yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the cool thing about Dodge is they've always kind of been like we could turn anything into a muscle car, especially lately. You know. Yeah, I mean they led that. They no pun intended. They led the charge with that with yeah. the Charger. But I'm know? not gonna lie, I've always had Chevy trucks. So <laughs> I don't like breaking Dude, down. Dude, I love I love Chevys. I love them all. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if you go back to the muscle car era, there's just from '68 for me, like '68 to '72. Yeah, you can get some really cool muscle cars. Whether for you get sure. an AMC. Or you can get something kinky like that. Like See, AMC yeah. Rebel, a 69 AMC Rebel yeah. is the shit. Yeah. I love those cars. I'm real into uh, the AMXs. Yeah. Like Javelin. Yep. Uh, I just think they're so odd. Plus, they're technically still like Mopar, so I'm not like disowned by my father. They're kind but... of. The, the, back then, they weren't, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. But back now they are. They yeah, now they <laughs> That's are. all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have definitely been kind of pulled into the yeah. pulled into the mix. Yeah, I've been kind of telling them, like, I'm kind of becoming a Pontiac guy. Just because. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, man. They're, Which, what Pontiac? They're, I See, pretty much any of them. I really like the Trans Am, man. I mean, like a smoking a bandit deal. Yeah, it's kind of gotten plant played out a little bit. A little bit, but like a good Firebird or something. I like the seventy uh, and up body 76, style. Uh, seventy six formula Firebird is a good looking car. Yes, and it, this is me being this being kind of this is being nostalgic. When we street raced, there was a dude uh, in the in the next town over from us. I cannot remember this cat's name, but he had a 
beautifully. And this is back 30 years ago. So the car was 15 years old and it just had never been beat up, had never been driven in the winter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was a nice car that was a Formula Firebird, like a like I'm saying, like a 76. It was yeah. orange or red. I don't, don't I, I'm going to say orange with the Formula stripe on the bottom. And he had weld drag lights on or pro stars on it with, oh, you know, shit. skinnies in the front and, yeah. you know, a 10 bolt in the back with a, with, you know, four eleven posse and, yeah. and he See, had hot rotted up. Like. He had a hot rotted up small box Chevy mm. in it actually, because I think in seventy six you could get it with a three hundred five Chevy, but he had put a three fifty in. It. But it was just a really nice car, and for me, that kind of stuff, I, I think of those days, and, and it rem- yeah. it reminds me. I have a friend named Scott Risty that has owned his sixty nine AMX probably since nineteen eighty one or two. It runs 990 with a real AMC motor in it. Oh, shit. Wheels in the air. Street yeah. car, 100%. But he's he's had it. He's owned the car almost 40 years. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So getting back to your, getting back to <laughs> oh, the Mopar okay. stuff. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, being from, it's it's funny because my grandfather, you know, like I said, liked to cut stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like he just, and at the time, I mean, that's what just what you did. You know, it, new vehicle doesn't matter. You, you know, nobody knew they were going to, no one knew that no a heavy cruiser was yeah. worth a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand. They didn't value them the same way, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> I have, my dad has to tell me this all the time, but, uh, it's funny because when I was a kid, you know, it was, it was like, uh, we would want to restore it basically. That's how right. I was brought up. My dad was very particular on, he liked factory looking stuff. You know, the factory's nice, you know, yeah. but, uh. At some point, I always had I always had this thing where I would just draw cars, and I'd always want to just change shit, you know, like mm-hmm. just kind of fuck it up, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, or chop it up, you know. There's there's always something because like I I just think back, you know, someone designed this car, you know, yep, like a lot of people. What if someone else designed it? You know, it would have been different, you know. Right. Like, what's the difference if I did that? You know. That's a good way but, to look at it. Yeah, 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 and um. It was just always, I was always kind of brought up. It's like, it's kind of like when someone's brought up in a real, like, uh, super Catholic, like, and they're like, they end up being like so anti that. Right. Yeah. So I was pretty much like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I want to change stuff. So just. What's your favorite type of hot rod? Like, if you, are you a pro touring guy? Are you, <sighs> do you like, do you like pro street? Do you not like pro street? Is there anything you don't like? So not really. I kind of draw stuff from everything. I really like the like no genre s cars. You know, I like the the guys who stand out. I guess you would call it some some of them. You would say they are like pro touring, but I like some of the bigger. Build. Have you seen that AMX the Ring Brothers came out with? I don't think so. Uh, it was on the cover of Hot Rod Magazine. Um, it was at SEMA last year. Okay, but it had a uh, Hellcat crate engine in it okay but the way they did the car i guess you'd call it pro touring you know it had the big wheels modern stuff modern suspension but they cut up the body and like totally changed it like it it was just it was modernized you know it was something new and it wasn't like they're trying to like just restore the car or make it look nice you know it was like they're trying to make a car that would like win shows and 
be on covers of magazines. Well, they nailed it. If they're on yeah. the cover of a hot rod, that's like probably, that's gotta be one of the hardest things to do ever. Well, it's the, the ring brothers. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know who they are. You don't know who the ring brothers no. are. They're one of the biggest builders. I mean, like I know who Ken Diggett is. He, they're like that level builder. See, for me, here's the thing. And this is going to be, this is going to make me sound like a complete asshole, but <laughs> I don't have any appreciation at all for a older car with newer suspension, newer brakes. I just don't. And it's, yeah. it's not like I can appreciate somebody putting in a bunch of money and a bunch of work. Well, you probably like the uh, the simplicity of the old stuff. and. But here's the thing. Like, I am through and through, like, to me, the greatest cars ever built. I mean, legit, like, ever, ever built yeah. are factory hot rods. Yeah. You know, COPO cars, yeah. uh, Mac, factory max wedge cars, um, uh, lightweight Thunderbolts. Um, how about the 19, you know, have you ever seen the 1957 Chevy, the Intimidator thing that was built, the Black Widow in uh, 57 Chevy that General Motors built that had, so this car, you can Google it. Yeah. This car was a 1957 Chevy post car. Okay. That they built at the factory, fuel injected, small block. They put a like an eight lug truck rear end under it at the factory. It's oh, I mean it's one of the most it's it's rare as rocking horse shit. This yeah. car is and they I I think they only built one of them. It's black and white, but I like factory radio delete, factory heat delete, factory air delete. Yeah, yeah. No power steering, no power brakes, bench seat, four speed, big block cars <laughs> that don't stop, don't turn. Sounds like you're a chopper guy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean I, I just do, and so. I, you know, when I when someone pops the hood on a 60s or 50s car and it's got a newer motor in it, I'm fucking immediately out. Yeah. If somebody takes and stuffs big tires under it all the way around, I'm immediately out. I'm just... Yeah. And I can appreciate the level of money, but it's still... If you're going to spend that kind of money, to me, go buy a fucking Corvette. Go buy yeah. a, a, a Gallardo. Go buy a Marcialago or... Go buy a supercar. If you want a supercar, buy a fucking supercar. <laughs> don't try to make a Chevelle a supercar because that's not what a Chevelle is. Yeah. I'm so I, I just don't. I mean, I'm 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 a car snob when it comes to that. And ironically yeah, yeah. enough, it's less is more for me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? See, I'm yeah, I can agree with the less is more, but I'm just like nothing sacred to me. Like Oh, uh, I'm not saying anything sacred. Like I am <laughs> cut that fucker up, but yeah. Cut it up with a purpose, and I, I, I like I said, yeah, I just, yeah. you know, but I'm a drag, I'm a drag racer. I yeah. don't give a fuck yeah. about a stock car. I, I can appreciate the stock car uh, engine builders because uh -huh. they make those things last 500 miles and make 850 horsepower out of 358 cubic inches. Like I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I respect. I couldn't. I, I'd rather. I'd rather watch tennis, or I, I would put <laughs> I would put Formula One and Indy in the same category as tennis. Yeah, it's or pole golf. position. It's just, winner, I, basically I, just, I, I get yeah. it. Like there's <laughs> millions and millions of dollars there, but it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, you know well, what I'm saying? I, it's not loud enough. It's not aggressive enough. It's not, and it's not obtainable. Like you and I right now could say, you know what? We're gonna go on Craigslist or on Facebook, and we're gonna find some fucking kinky ass car from the '70s that's ugly that no one wants, like a '71 or '72 Ford Galaxy 500, right? Yeah. Car weighs four thousand pounds. Yeah. It's ugly as fuck. It's a square <laughs> box with no, not one redeeming quality other than it comes with a nine inch from the factory yeah. and a full frame. 
And we could build a 500 cubic inch big block Ford, put a C6 behind it or a power glide and go 990s and have a fucking riot. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And these guys that spend 100 or 200 or 300, $500,000 on a, on a hot rod for what, man? Well, yeah, I could see your point. See, I'm a fan of craftsmanship when it comes to I am to too. Like, like, I like, there's, okay, so there's this kid on Instagram. Uh, his name is uh, Riley Stair. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Never. He's he's probably younger than me. Like he's legitimately like he looks like a small child. <laughs> <laughs> this this motherfucker built this uh I think it was a Firebird, but it was a full chromoly chassis. Like it's the coolest car I've ever seen. I want to say it's like a 70 or 71. Um good but, year. That's a good year Firebird, yeah. by the way. It's it's wild. He built this full stainless exhaust. It was an eight to one, so it had it was eight pipes going to one collector. Right. Naturally aspirated, like high revving Chevy big block. I think it, he said it like revved up to like nine thousand RPMs or some shit like that. Like it was it was wild stuff. But right. like it was like built in like the side of his yard. Like legitimately, he's featured on a what is it? Hoonigan? Uh Their build thing or something what is he doing with the car though I, I think he races it i think it's like a it's an autocross car okay i'm pretty certain i've just kind of like vicariously followed this this kid building right. stuff but like that's the stuff i'm into where it's like i really like autocross style cars i like the race cars okay i'll give you that one yeah i'll give yeah. you that one i i don't like some fucking 65 here's my thing and this is mean this is me being a fucking complete prick and the thing is is i grew where i grew up and i've worked on some incredibly expensive cars yeah one of my best friends growing up when he was 15 years old won the riddler award no shit with a drag car really i mean i have been around wait what was it it was this guy i'll show you a picture of it it was a 1986 pontiac grand am his name is dale hunt jr now the Uh car was owned by his dad yeah dale well i mean obviously dale did the work yeah like i i grew up with little dale he's one that taught me how to wire like you know, when I go out and I wire Cody, a motorcycle for Cody or I wire a, a, a motorcycle for Fab Kevin, Little Dale's who taught me how to wire shit. Yeah. Uh, he's the one who taught me how to plumb stuff. The guy just has this innate ability to visualize things. He's like a, he's a savant when it comes to that. Really? I mean, to win the Riddler. <laughs> he's won it twice, dude. Wow. Wow. Did he win it with the, like, did he redo the same car? No, or? he built a completely different car. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to look that up. So his name is Dale Hunt. Okay. And the cars were owned by Dale Hunt Sr., but Dale Hunt Jr. is who who did 99.9% of all the work. His dad paid for it, and his dad was involved, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. But for a 15-year-old to to have the wherewithal to do what he did. Yeah. um, I've been around. What I'm trying to say is I've been around some fucking amazing cars, you know, some cars that cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and the ones that impress me are the ones that i like i don't like a fiberglass fucking willies no it's a go fuck yourself That's the actually, only car that should ever be fiberglass is a corvette <laughs> and anything other than that i don't care about it i don't like fiberglass it's, at all, it's a jacuzzi honest, with <laughs> it's a jacuzzi with wheels but a corvette that's what those were yeah like a fiberglass a, Corvettes were fiberglass for for many many years, right? It's funny because so, when you say that, because yeah, when I see like a fiberglass forties Willie, I actually saw one a little while ago and it had like vinyl lettering on it. it yeah, was at fuck a car off. Show. I was like, that just ruins it for me, dude. You know? My buddy Terry Wayne, he's like kind of a he's a he's uh, like a second father to me. 
Yeah. I met him when I was 17 years old working at Ram Charters, which, throw which back, that's where I worked in high school was for yeah. the Ram Charters, the original Ram which Charters. Actually, there's connection. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, there's connection with my dad's drag cars to the Ram Chargers. So sure. I worked for the original dudes, Sam Messina, no Dick Skoglin, yeah. uh, Leroy Palarchio, those dudes. Yeah. So those are the guys I worked for in high school. And when I worked there, I met this dude named Terry Wayne, and they I ended up being a part of a, a car club. I was the youngest member of this car club called the Rod and Rollers, which back then was I mean, that was the biggest car club in Detroit. Like, it was a group of dudes. It wasn't like the, you know, there was one bigger that was like a nationwide which, club, but for a local yeah. club, we were the biggest club. And we had some I mean, of at the, the time, baddest cars. Impressive. But he, oh yeah, 39 Willys all steel. And he oh, still yeah. has it. Sure. And I wired that car. You say 39? 39. So 30, okay, that's the different body style. It's than the not. 40. No, the 39 and the 40. Well, are I mean, the, the same. front end's different. So, but he's got a his is titled as a 40, but it's really a 39. Yeah, he's got two steel hoods. He's got a, a big block with a blower in it. But my point <laughs> is, is that car. Somebody got laid in that car at least once. <laughs> Somebody carried groceries home in that car. Someone and probably got laid in that car in 1945. That's what I'm saying, dude. Somebody, somebody, era. some dude had his dad's car and finger banged his girlfriend for the first time in 1942 in that car. That car's got history. Yeah. There's a fucking story behind it. When you show me these cars that have no soul is the only way I know how to describe it. Yeah. Some of these cars just, they're soulless. Yeah, and if and if you're if you're talking about something that's that's like that, I I can't fuck with you when it comes to that with cars. I just I just can't. I want a car that's got like some history, right? So yeah. if this kid that built this this car next to his next to his house, if he took the '72 body off of a, you know what I mean? Yeah, that car's got history. Somebody somebody ordered that car from the factory yeah, or went down sure. to the dealership and negotiated a deal. And spilt this milkshake in it, and the kids were shitting in the backseat, pissing in the backseat, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some uh -huh. real, something really happened there. But when you take a car that, that you complete, that has a, when you're trying to fake it. Somebody builds a car from scratch, like from jump, that's great. But when you're faking, I think you're faking it with a with a fiberglass Willys or yeah, thirty two I mean, Ford could, with a with a fiberglass body. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could probably do it right somehow. But that's the cool thing about building. Like I think the coolest thing is like uh, when you take something that is old and then yeah. you change it like on top of that. Like if you take something that's kind of rare, like what I did with those wheels. They're you know they're Dude. Morris, they're Harley Morris wheels, but I welded them up. And there's something about that. There's there's almost something artistic about it because you will piss off some people, and I, I like something about that kind of. <laughs> I do like to upset people I've, for doing something yeah. that I want to do that doesn't hurt anyone. Um, you know that bike over there. I talk about it all the time. Probably I probably mentioned every podcast. Warren's El Ray bike. Uh huh. Dude, that is a real panhead frame that he cut up. You know what I mean? Like I love that. Yeah. I love that he. Took the sidecar loops and put fucking forward controls on it. That's, I love yeah, that shit. Exactly. That's the cool thing about and like I feel like someone someone if they do it right they could probably take a fiberglass body, but they'd have to do other stuff. The, the craftsmanship would have to be up there with it. There'd have to be other something else. You can't just like build a and then claim it to be a nineteen. That's like when people build the That's, AC Cobra kit cars. Yeah, I'm I'm out. Yeah. I mean, you might as well take a Fiero and put a Ferrari kit on it. Exactly. It's the same thing to me. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be mean, but, you know, you, you talk to a guy like Warren Lane, and you go to Warren Lane's shop, and you sit down with Warren Lane for a minute and listen to him give you a clinic, because yeah. that's what he does. 
and he doesn't even realize it. He'll give you a clinic on knuckleheads or yeah. give you a clinic on panheads. And then you look at what's in his building and you realize this dude has more reverence and more respect for engineers, builders, mechanics, machinists, craftsmen than, than anybody I've ever met in my entire fucking life. And that guy will never tell you how great he is. Yeah. To me, that's... To me, he is, he's the greatest of all time. And, and, I, and I say that with, I say it all the time, but there is nobody like that if I, if there, you know, that, that I feel can do what he does at the level he does it as often as he does it and as good as, you know what I mean? Like he hits all the cylinders. Yeah. And there's sure. great builders. You know, I, I, my, my heroes are, are hanging in this room. <laughs> His brother, Billy, is, yeah. you know is a, another hero of mine. That's who I grew up with. I mean, when I was, I mean, by the time Biker Build-Off came out, I was young. I, Were you I in high school it. when Biker Build-Off came out? No, no. I graduated 2011. Jesus Whoa. Christ. <laughs> Are you old enough to drink that beer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what, yeah. No, don't no, worry no, about I'm it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that young. Everyone always thinks of I just look young. Everyone always thinks of hey, like that's a, a good thing, dude. Something. Don't don't I, ever yeah. don't ever discredit looking like a young man. The problem is like sometimes people won't like take you totally seriously. Good, like, the fuck them. Yeah, but like I get it, dude. You know, walk somebody over to your bike, and if they don't take you seriously, well, they're they're see, either blind or they're ignorant. See, that's okay. So I was in Milwaukee, and uh, at Mama tried. So I had my this uh, year. Last year. Last year. This year they canceled. I know they canceled, but I, I but, knew we were hanging out in Daytona, and yeah, I'm trying yeah, to remember I if— I it, couldn't make it. I was, okay. was going to make it in Daytona. I couldn't afford it, and I, I didn't get invited anyway, so— Which <laughs> is weird. Been, no, I didn't I didn't try. I'm pretty certain oh, okay. you have to submit a bike to try to get invited Oh, I got gotcha. Like, they're okay. not going to try to scope out unless you're someone serious. Not, not me, at least. But— uh, uh, so I was, I was there and I had the bike there and there's this older guy looking at my bike and I kind of walked up to him. I was just want to talk to him about it. And, uh, so I'm talking to him, just talking about, you know, all, what's on it and what I did. And, uh, the conversation kind of turns and I'm like, well, cause he's asking me about my pipes and like, does it overheat? And I was like, I don't know. It doesn't have a, you know, it doesn't have a, uh, heat temperature gauge. And there's this. There's an oil pressure gauge hanging off my rocker box, my right. rear rocker box. This is on the bad company bike. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, well, what's this? This isn't your bike, is it? And, like, I, I was like, that's an oil pressure gauge. <laughs> he thought it was an oil temp gauge. And just, I don't know, it, there's just something about it. Like, there's always this little bit, because when I built that bike, I was, like, 23 or so. So... There was always this thing where the moment someone like saw that I built this, they would either like, I don't know, like they would kind of question like that either try to find stuff that's wrong with there's a lot of shit wrong with it. It looks like it was painted by a 23 year old. Like if you really look at it, like my fence striping wasn't exactly the greatest at the time. I, Here's the thing though. You know? Let me, let me, let me, can I, let me just stop you for a second. Yeah. So people for a lot of years and I have really struggled with this. Yeah, there is to me. There's a definition of what a bike builder is. Yeah. Okay. And to me, and I've said this before on this podcast, and I've said it to all my friends. Know it. To me, a, I'm not a bike builder. Okay. And let me, let me let me explain to that. I mean, I have you know, I mean, I've put that bike together and that bike together, and 
I've, you know, I've done lots of stuff and I'm really happy with what I, I'm really happy with where I'm at today because of the things that I've done. But I will tell you that a bike builder to me is somebody that you can lock in a room with the raw materials. Exactly. And they can roll a motorcycle out the other side. And you are in a, and I love that you don't know this and I love that you don't care about this. And I love that you don't pay attention to this because it makes it all that much better to tell you this, that you are in a group of probably of people that have had the recognition that you've had people that are in the industry, probably less. And this is a fact, probably less than 50 people in the last 50 years. And I, and I don't think you realize that. Well, and, and, and so, and, and I'm, I'm dead serious of guys that are doing it and can do it at your level and are still doing it and making it happen. It would take, I would have to sit down and write down all of the people who can do what you do. You've you've made your own fuel tanks. You've made or modified your own frames. You've made or modified all of your own exhaust, your wheels, your forks, your gauge pods. You, you're you not afraid of anything. <laughs> I upholstered too. <laughs> you upholstered your own seats. You painted your own bikes. You're not afraid to build your own engine. You're not... You, you're not afraid of any of this. Yeah. It, to well, you, it's just a matter of like, how how can I acquire the knowledge that I need to, to open Pandora's box? And you go with it. And and I'm excited. I told you this a couple years ago or last year when I met you, that it's exciting to watch you turn into what you're doing because you've kind of, you've got this all shucks thing going on. And, and I hope that you never lose that part of it because that's what makes you brilliant is that, you're, you're a craftsman, and I know that I feel like if I gave you a fucking said, hey, can you make me a set of salad bowls? You can make me a set of salad bowls, and they would be the coolest salad bowls ever. But at the same time, I like that people dismiss you because it, it, <laughs> it makes you it makes you be humble and and not yeah. and not like feed your ego. You don't you're you're yeah, one person well, I've met that you don't you don't seem to have an ego. Well, I, I mean. I am a very competitive person, though. There, There is a difference with that, though. Like, I don't... Because, like, what you're saying, like, when people kind of dismiss it a little bit, like, I, I like that stuff almost in a way. It, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, should... I like... I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where I'm going here, actually. But... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean... But... <laughs> so, so when someone says that to you, what is the first visceral feeling, emotion well, that you get? I mean, do you... <laughs> You know, I mean, are you, are you just like, do you go to fuck you? Or are you like, you know what, man, fuck off. Like, because there's a difference. There's a difference between telling them to fuck off and telling someone fuck you. Fuck you yeah. means I want to engage. I'm ready to t I'm ready to take it on. Fuck off is, you know what, I don't have any time for you. There's a ve That's a very different set of things to tell somebody. Well, yeah, no. Do I, you get what I mean? I don't argue with many people. <laughs> no, you don't come across as somebody who's very... Very argumentative. No, no. Like, stuff like that, like, I, I feel like it's a lose-lose situation. Like, if I'm to get mad at this guy, like, lost anyways. I think it's better to just be like, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> I don't really give a shit, like, if you don't think I built this motorcycle or not. Well, of <laughs> course not, because you know you did, right? Yeah, but I don't what, need what, to prove I, it to no, any but, of these guys, what I'm, you know? what I'm saying is, is that there's two responses. Yeah. It's either fuck off or fuck you, and so you go for the fuck off. You don't tell somebody to fuck off, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, that yeah. there's like ah fuck off. Like I don't need, I don't need. I'm not. I didn't build this bike for you, and I didn't build this bike to get you to like me. Yeah, I built this bike for myself, right? Exactly. 
Okay, so what what's your muse? Like, what do you draw from? Well, I don't know, man. I just, I've always wanted to, just seeing these guys, I always wanted to, like, leave my mark at it. Because that's the thing. Like, when I said, like, there's three generations, you know, my grandfather, no one knew his name. He built stuff. I mean, he was known in the little small town he was from. He built some incredible stuff. Right. My dad, he, I mean, he's the most car guy in the world. Like he, you know, even though he never really like built choppers and stuff, he restored motorcycles. He, he's done custom work. He can hold his own, you know, as far as fabrication and stuff like that. But it's always been this thing. And he even like, he told me, you know, kind of recently, he was like, you know, I always wanted to go to that. Remember that school? Uh, we all know it's a scam now, but it was like a hot rod school. Like it was like, oh, you go yeah, to this yeah. school. The hot rod university like, deal, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was always like, I, I always wanted to go to that or MMI. And that's all I want to do. Cause my dad's a framer. Like he's a construction worker, basically. Right. He, I mean, he's, <laughs> if you look at his skin, he's been out in the sun like a little too long. Right. He's, he's earned everything he, you know, I mean, he's just a worker, but he never really like, uh, you know, so your dad's one of these guys that never took time for himself. Like he, he built exactly. his hot rods and, and, and did that, but he always made sure that, uh, is he still with your mom? Yeah. Yeah. So your mom and dad are together. He always made sure mom was taken care of and you have a brother, don't you? Yep. Yeah. I have a, just a little bit younger than me. Right. So the boys were always taken care of. Yeah. They had dirt bikes when it was time for dirt bikes. They had BMX bikes when it was time for BMX bikes, skateboards when yeah, it was time exactly. for that. Right. Yeah. Raised in Sarasota, Bradenton area. Right. Yep. And so mom worked, didn't work. Yeah, she worked too. They both okay. worked. So they both worked. Yeah. So this is a working class family, middle class, right? Mm -hmm. You guys, anything extra you guys have is because dad worked hard. Yeah. So he taught you how to work hard first. Exactly. And then so, so what's the first, when, when do you, what, what's the first tool you pick up and start doing something for yourself? Like something that, 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 you know, so I always tell people you can be, there's two kinds of human beings. You can be a faucet or you can be a drain. Uh -huh. Right. So when you start filling your bucket, what is the first thing you do for yourself? I mean, first thing, first skill you, you, you see. So in the beginning of this, I knew kind of how to weld. I, you know, I kind of just working metal. That's really what I, I, I figured out. And I always just from you know, seeing everything, I was like, I need to learn how to, I need to learn how to weld. Okay. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. If I can weld and I knew like the potential of the, all of that, you know, I knew if I can weld, I can pretty much, like, I don't really need to know how to machine if I can just make the part or sculpt it. So That's an interesting way to look at it when you look at your bike and there's so many machine parts on it. Yeah, well. So this bike here that you rode here today <laughs> is the Dyna. Yeah. What did you call that bike? Do you have a name for it's it? It's High and Mighty. Okay, High and Mighty. After the Ram Charger. Yes, car, after the first yeah. Ram Charger car. Very yep. good. Real quick story, Dick Skoglund, who I worked for. Which, that's actually the one who supposedly is. He invented the tunnel ram. Well, he's also uh, the funny car my father has. He supposedly did work on that one. I could verify that because I believe he, he just died. Passed. He did recently. pass a few, yeah. few years back. So did but, Sam Messina, who developed the dual Magneto. But yeah. I could get in touch with all those people because I'm still oh, friends no with, with Brian uh, that, that worked there. So no we'll shit. we'll talk yeah, after I'll, this. I'll send you but some I will there. tell you, um, 
that uh, he was the one that came up with the concept for the tunnel ram. And if you look at the high and mighty, hmm. the tunnel ram is nothing more than a box with rubber hoses to the intake manifold. Really? Yes, but he was one of the original high and mighty guys. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I worked with him on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. That's Very cool. nice man. Yeah, Very yeah. Nice. When I worked there, he drove a GMC Jimmy bla blazer, like an S10 blazer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so go back to you. That's First wild. Thing, you, you're, 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 what do you make for yourself? What do you start? Where do you start making metal? So it's, I do things very untraditionally. I've kind of just, cause I never really, I mean, of course, like I've, I've gone through, like I've watched YouTube. That's the cool thing about being in this generation. That's also the reason why I'm able to learn so many trades and skills that I know how to do. Cause it's easier now. And it's just flat out. I can look cheat up on codes. YouTube. You've got yeah. cheat codes. Your exactly. generation has a cheat code. Exactly. My you know? cheat code is I had to go down to a shop and kiss somebody's ass and let them yell at me For and sure. tell me, yeah, that's the hardest thing I try to explain to my wife. Like I'm hard on my employees. Yeah. The, the the people that taught me the most were very hard on me. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah. but your generation doesn't appreciate that as much well, as a whole. Yeah. As a whole. The cool thing is, though, from, like, what I've t been told, because obviously I never had any experience from then, there's not as much, like, trade secrets. I can secrets. yell it if you want. Huh? Can we go back and yell it? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, but, uh... You know, like, there's no, like, trade secrets, you know? There's, I mean, there is, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that I wish someone told me. But it's good that I learned it the hard way, because there's a lot of shit. I fucked up a lot of shit. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. But, you see, you say you, 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 you're, you rationalize things that you can, I'll just learn how to weld and, and, and shape metal, and that way I won't have to learn how to machine. But you have machine parts on your bike back there. And it's a very, yeah. th th those two bikes are, like, there is no way you could put those two bikes next to each other and not say that the same person built those bikes because yeah. they have the same essence. Yeah. But the the shovel head is so raw to me. It's yeah. so raw, and this thing is is it's like you know it's it there's 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 a panache to it. There's a <laughs> there's there's some some more math in there. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it, it's it, I like telling people it's a Dyna and then pulling up to a chopper shop. <laughs> it just usually has more fabrication than a lot of the choppers there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's it's usually different, you know. It's still kind of like from a distance, it looks like Dyna though, you know. You can but, tell it's a Dyna. Yeah, but like I said, like I do things like a little bit untraditional. Like I know a lot of it does look machined, and there is stuff like the risers. You know, I'm I'm changing it up now. I'm I'm starting to because I did actually. There is a lot of parts that I bought on that bike. Obviously, the risers are hard case risers. The brake rotors, Lendl. You know, there there is machined parts on there. The gauge housing that wasn't exactly machined. It was just slightly machined. A lot of the stuff looks like it's machine but it was more me faking it to get there it was a lot of me sculpting aluminum um and you know just you know kind of finding cheap ways to do that cheaper ways without having the skills of machining i do know how to machine a little bit though like i can turn things down on a lathe sort of you know i, I you make your own wheel <laughs> spacer yeah like i'm not a machinist whatsoever i don't <laughs> drill have, holes on a mill i don't know? have the patience the bandwidth or the the i cannot yeah. i absolutely cannot do it it's it's something i'm wanting to get into and something like what i'm going to do because i'm redoing that shovel head and what i'm going to do is all the machine parts i'm actually going to smooth all of it out and make it look like it was cast 
basically make like it was uh, like the hard case risers. I'm going to make look like they're cast in like the 70s. Right. You know, and just polish them up, you know, just round all the hard edges off all the stuff, you know, the brake rotors and uh, the rotors, the, you know, the pieces of the carriers in them and just kind of round all that stuff, file it down and just make it all look like it was handmade. Right. But uh, that's that's where a lot of that stuff I figured, you know, I know how to weld. I can I can probably make whatever the hell I want to. And the rest of it's really just like self-taught. But the cool thing about that is like, so I, like I said, I do things a little bit unconventional and there is like, sometimes it sucks because I, I fuck stuff up. I should know some certain stuff like metal shaping, metal shaping, I sheet metal shaping. I've kind of taught myself completely. Most do you build stuff. a buck first or are, 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 yeah. are you traditional in that sense? <laughs> I do it all sorts of different ways. Sometimes like if I need some store, I don't actually build like a buck. Like I'll build like a uh, negative out of wood and then I can hammer that and then put it on the English wheel, smooth it out, planish it out. So let me ask you this. In, in, and I've taken a sheet metal class and you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a sheet metal guy. Uh, I took the class because uh, my friend hosted it and he's super talented is he works with Faye Butler and used to work with Ron Fournier. There's no wrong way to do it. If what your exactly. end game is, right? Yeah. So it's, as long as you get to where you're trying to go, yeah, you're good. That's, that's all art. I mean, that's everything. Like even painting and stuff. I mean, obviously as long as it, it's it chemically adheres with painting, but like, <laughs> you can you can do stuff like it doesn't have to be, and that's that's the thing that I'm like saying like it's it's almost sometimes a good thing to be away from you know all these people because then you get pigeonholed into one way of doing it. What do you mean, like like because you're in Sarasota or because you're in Florida or because you just don't work with anybody? You see it. Uh, it's uh, like if someone like uh, the way a teacher teaches something. They're teaching it the way they know it, you know? Right. And sometimes that can uh, kind of almost, like, leave you to thinking that's the only way of doing that. You know, you're, you're kind of tunnel-visioned into that. Same thing, like, with styles and stuff. Like, you see, like, a motorcycle style, it's super popular in one area. All their bikes look the same. But they're only going to build it that way because that's just what they imagine as so, what is. Well, so I think those people are in an echo chamber. To, yeah. You're not exactly exposed to all these other things. So when you're away from all that, you're, you're almost not like poison. Like you're not like the well's not getting poisoned with, you know, so people aren't spitting in the soup. Idea. I always call yeah. it spitting in the soup. Someone's not spitting in your soup. So exactly. when we see, when we see a bike built by Kyle Ray rice on Instagram, yeah, that's a hundred percent what you do. Yeah. Are you drawing that before you do it? Yep. 100%. <laughs> well, okay, so I do draw them and usually they do look very much like the drawings, but like I said, I couldn't draw this being... Yeti cup. Like I literally <laughs> couldn't draw this and it would be sitting right here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about like drawing, it's the same thing. Like a lot of, like I, I've seen a lot of builders, like there's always the famous Chip Foose, you know, uh, quote, which I do like this. You know, it you know, it costs the same to build an ugly car as it does a good looking car. Might as well draw it before and see what it's gonna look yeah, like. Yeah, but that but, motherfucker can draw at a scale. You know that, right? Yeah. He's one of few the few human beings on the planet that yeah. just innately draw I mean I'm For not sure. saying he didn't He's done a lot of reps. He didn't hone his he yeah. didn't hone his he didn't not hone his skills. Yeah. But he has the natural ability that I don't fucking have. Yeah. It's but, like singing. 
I can yeah. I can repeat the lyrics of a song. Yeah. But I can't fucking sing. Exactly. I'm a horrible singer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But what I mean, like, when sometimes when you draw stuff, though, you're also, you could be pigeonholing yourself. Like, if you have this drawing of this motorcycle, and, like, of course, if it's two scale, you can build it like that. But also, if you only have it in one dimension, you're not looking at, like, the whole picture there. It could be ugly from the top no matter what you do, but it might have a pretty cool-looking side profile. So you drawing yeah. these by hand, or you drawing these in yeah, CAD? Yeah, yeah, I draw them by hand. They're, they're on my Instagram, actually. Um... But I know the I'm, last one. I've is, seen I've seen those, but, but I'm saying, do you go back and draw them in CAD? I mean, you're a goddamn, no. you're one of these kids, you know, <sighs> where you have all these things. You made you See? made a mention earlier, like it's easier because you have YouTube, right? Yeah, it's easier because anyone can download a CAD CAM program, and and you know, you're you, it makes sense to you. It's like yeah. talking in another language. See, here's the thing, actually, like that. Like I said, that can pigeonhole you. Even if you're drawing it in, like, scale. Like, if I drew it on CAD, I would be dead set on it. But, like, when you draw something on paper and you're you're kind of just throwing, you know, whatever scale you want at it, that changes things. Like that Dyna. The Dyna's got a 21-inch front front wheel on it. It right. wasn't supposed to have a 21 front wheel. It was supposed to have a 19 like everyone else's Dyna. But the way I drew it, I was like, that shit would look cool with a big front wheel, you know? And it does. It's kind of a Florida thing, too. <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Cody won't Cody won't put a 19 on anything. Hell yeah. I wish I wish this shovel head that I'm redoing I could put the 21 front wheel on it, but obviously I'm kind of stuck to what I have with the Morris. Yeah, it's a 19 inch front what, wheel. What's but, your biggest limiting factor when you sit down to build a new I mean, obviously, okay, so you, you well, how long ago did you build the shovel? It's been a quite a few years probably three or four okay i think so 2017 was when i finished it okay that's but not it was quite like a few a, years that's only a couple years ago i mean it's well, that's four years that was three years. three years ago right yeah, so that was when you i built finished two, it but, it was, but you built two amazing motorcycles yeah in a in a three-year period yeah pretty much okay that's 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 pretty high stakes. You do you yeah. understand that that's high stakes or is that just <laughs> that's just kyle rice and that's just kind of how it rolls <laughs> well I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it seems kind of slow when you look at like everyone else. But everyone I was else, learning okay, stuff. So who? I was learning so stuff. Who? So who? Okay. So obviously yeah. you you just let the cat out of the bag. You compare yourself to somebody. Who do you compare? Who do you look at? Who who do you look to when you're going through Instagram? Who do you follow that you go like, God damn it, man! Well, I wish I could do what he does. Oh, pretty much everyone. Oh, I mean, okay. I come on. You, you know, I can look at every. I'm not trying to do the oh shucks thing, but like, I, like I said before, I'm very competitive. So, right. like, I feed off a lot of these guys. I like that. It's Christian, in a healthy way. Okay, I'm going to say a couple names, and yes, I want you to tell Christian me. Newman. Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to say a couple names, and I want you to tell me. Uh, you don't. And this isn't. This isn't. All of these people are amazingly talented human beings. Yeah. But they're not your style guy. Okay. Okay. So Christian Newman. Yeah. See, like that, as far as engineering goes into that, that is something I aspire. That's that's down the road, though. Like I see the stuff. I'm I'm still taking baby steps. Like my next thing, I, I'm going to take another shovel head, and I want to do you know some engineering to the motor, run like two front heads or two rear heads, some you know odd configuration. Just kind of step into it, take the motor apart, kind of look at what I can do. But yeah, that's that's like that to the fullest level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Christian breaks Christian my brain. Him. Yeah, especially like that bike, the bike that it, he's building right now, it looks like it'll probably function better than any factory Harley from, you know, 
you know, I would have to say that it's either going to be a complete home run or a complete. There's going to be some critical failure that no yeah. one no one could have but foreseen. But I, I don't can think... see him being able to fix that and re-engineer. No, he what, is what an I'm engineer. saying, yeah, I know yeah. that. So what I'm saying is, is that he puts so much thought into everything. Have you ever met him? No. When you meet him, you don't know that you're meeting him. Yeah. When you meet him, you think you're, I mean, he rides up on a sports. Or I mean, and, I know what he looks like. Yeah. So, so I know when he's... you're meeting him, you think you're meeting this kid that's just kind of like ha- there to have a good time. You don't yeah. realize you're meeting a genius. Oh, I I mean, I've actually listened to a podcast with him. I I know, like, I know of I, him. Like, he's I, a I'm, very smart individual. Yeah, I don't know that I'm ready to have somebody at that level. And I'd have to have him in in the studio here where yeah. I could sit across from because. Somebody like that can take you on a ride that you're not prepared for. Yeah. If you're not in a room where there's where you can feel that energy, right? So, yeah. oh, somebody else, I'm going to tell you, um, Rick Bray. Rick Bray. Uh, RKB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I know. What he build the wheels for Brian Batera? He does those yep. like Invader style wheels. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm familiar. He was actually on a TV show. Uh, what was it? A uh, Biker Live. Really? Did you okay. ever watch that? Uh, I think I I watched it when my buddy my buddy Pat was on it. Yeah, he was then. he was on that show with TPJ. Yeah, I'm a Brian, big fan of TPJ. You know what? That's cool about Brian. This is the coolest thing. I'm going to have Brian on here at some point in time. Yeah, you should. And he and I have a lot of mutual friends. Oh yeah. I wouldn't know what Brian. I, Brian is like the Clark Kent Superman thing. I don't know what he looks like, and I, don't I think I, I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I've, obviously, I saw him on the show, but I. We have so many mutual friends. I mean, not, you know, like Jeff Holt is a good buddy of mine, yeah. and he's friends with him. But my buddy Scott Murdoch that works at Baker left Baker to go help Brian do the Indian thing when Indian first came out. And he's somebody that's on my list of people that I want to I wanna sit across from, if that yeah. makes any sense, right? Yeah. Okay, so how about Hawk at Vintage Technologies? Yeah, he's... Uh... Okay, so I actually saw his bike at. Uh, uh, I didn't mean to say it like as. I was like, just going to say, no, 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 no. I'm a very big fan. That guy, that guy, like, <laughs> you can tell he is there all night long. So I saw Hades, the blue, the bike? red one, the red one. Okay. Yeah, I think the blue one's a Zarius or a Zarius or something. <laughs> Got and me, then bro. the red one, the blue one's the blue one, and the red one's the red one to me. <laughs> the red one went to Moon Eyes. That one's a very, very special motorcycle. That one I saw at uh, at um, uh, Mama Tried actually, and it's 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 a the craftsmanship on it is way beyond any motor. It's probably the highest craftsmanship I've ever. I will tell seen you on any motorcycle. Last year at the Michael Lichter show. When I was in Sturgis, I saw the blue bike in person. Yeah. And that was the bike that I went out of the show and grabbed Cody. And I said, yeah, I, I need you. I need you to come in here right now and see this because I've never seen anything. It, it, I had to go get him to, to so he could tell me how it worked. Yeah. And he couldn't tell me how it worked. And then I saw a video of him riding it, and I thought, well, "Oh yeah, the thing's a runner. Yeah. I mean, it'll ride. Obviously, you won't want to ride it in a down a rock yard, but but that's that's it's like I have so much respect for it. That's not exactly my style, not at all. But, but what I'm there saying is, is there's see, people out there that are doing things that are so like I am right down the fucking middle. Yeah, right. Like I look at your Dyna, and I'm just like, Phew. yeah. I, my brain doesn't go like if my brain if your bike is a ten. On on like a frequency, yeah. I hit about seven, seven and a half when I'm working on stuff <laughs> because I go back to my roots of 
going all the way back to the conversation we had a while back of factory hot rods are the best hot rods. Yeah. So I take a Dyna and I take all the shit off of it that I think could break. Yeah. I put a few things on it to make it super fast. Uh huh. And that and I'm and I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, some cool paint. You know, hot rotted up motor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, my I say this all the time too. I'm such a fan of people in this industry that I'm not worried about what I'm doing. I'm not worried about what I'm building. Uh-huh. I'm not worried about what I have because. I love looking at your motorcycles. I love looking at Warren's motorcycles. Yeah. Right? So these guys that show up with these fucking bikes that break my fucking brain. Yeah. And going back to him, the one thing I, I, I'll say is I don't like how people will talk shit about that bike. And, you know, I, I, the thing runs. That's as cool as it gets to me. Yeah. But people will say stuff, and they don't understand that there is room for, you know, super crazy motorcycle art. There has like, to be. It's not just a sculpture. It still runs. You could still ride the thing. Yep. You could probably ride it to the bar if you really wanted to. I I mean, maybe not a good idea. But No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously the oiling situation. But that's but... the type of motorcycle you put in your living room, and it's like, holy shit, you know? And that is a holy shit bike. But, like, my style and why I kind of talked, you know, I didn't want to seem like I'm not a fan of him. Like, I feel bad, like, saying it. Because no, I am I'm... a be- very big fan. I, lo- I love the craftsmanship. He is the cleanest builder I've ever witnessed. That's that's where I was far. going with that. And the crazy thing about it is he's, like, I, I do like this less is more thing. You know, if you notice on his bikes, there's not a crazy paint job on it. It's just a I, solid that's color. That's thing you know? <laughs> that just pulls me in. I am not... I, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take a world of shit for this because my bike's painted crazy. But yeah. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. My bike in the back that's painted crazy. I did that as a as kind of a goof. Yeah. But I, if I build something, I I have to do that. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a clever guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got love from that bike when I took that bike to Long Beach and rode it at NLP before it was painted. It was everything was raw on it. That's where I got the love because uh-huh. people could see that I made my own pipes, I made my own mids, I made all that shit, right? Yeah. But I don't think like guys like you, and I don't well, think like guys like Hawk, and I don't think like guys like Christian. So the good thing is though, is I'm a fan. Yeah. Like, I can't play a fucking guitar, it's... but I love Van Halen. <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's okay to be a fan of this thing and be in this industry and contribute in a way that you can contribute at a high level. Yeah. And, you know, and so there's... those guys are fantastic. Yeah, there's something incredible when someone can show so much restraint like that. It's it's saying like a lot with as minimal words as possible. When you can throw yeah. that much craftsmanship and like really ultimately when you look at the bike and there, as far as color spectrum, there's polished parts and there's like, like Hades, it's red and polished. Yep. Like, and then there's some other accents there, but when you look at it, there's not as much like it shows off the rest of the motorcycle. He doesn't have this panel paint job or this wild paint job. And it just shows that someone can fabricate that far and just paint it a solid color and it'll draw you in more than any other motorcycle in that building. You know, but what I was wanting to get to is I'm my biggest fan, like the builders that I really look up to is that's the next more, question I was going to ask you. It's so. So when I asked you who you follow on Instagram, yeah, who who who's the guys that you're like, God damn it. You know, I mean, I like I said, like the, the Christian Newman and all that, like I love the engineering they put into. And that's that's something I want to learn how to do. But when it comes deep down to it, that's the 
the builders that I'm the biggest fan of are the ones that have a style. They have their own style. You know what that is their bike. You know, like, uh, and I like the newer guys, like some of the newer builders who are really just throwing it out there. Like their bikes are different. They're genreless, and that's that's one of the big things. I don't like bikes that fit in a certain genre. I don't like when someone's like, "This is a bobber." You know, it's just yeah. a, it's a bobber. Like it's just, like I've seen many of those, or it's just got that like uh, like grocery list of like Wazzle Tank. Uh, you know that slim fender you know right 18 19 those are know. those are nice bikes there's guys who build bikes but, like that and that do a really good job um and they're just you know there's it's comfort food yeah but i like i like the guys who are paving the way like they're doing the stuff that like you know the arlen nesses did in the 70s i like the oliver jones from the the cut yeah rate. the cut rate yes um Royalty Racing, which I yep. I pretty much Patrick. copy his mufflers. I mean, I know it's it's a MotoGP style muffler, but I I'll just say it right now. I mean, have I, you ever met Patrick? <laughs> no, I haven't. He, I'm gonna tell you something. I met him in 2016 in Sturgis. What a nice fucking guy. Yeah, just a nice guy. <laughs> he's pretty young too, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I think he's around your age. Yeah, I've listened to his podcast on Jace Jace's mm-hmm. thing. I've always been a fan of him though. Like I just I've always followed him. I followed him back when he had this. Uh, what was he on Instagram? Uh, it was a goofy name. I do remember that, and at the same time, that was back when he worked for JJ. Yeah. You were for West Coast Choppers. Oh, okay, okay. You know that, right? Yeah, 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 I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I think what he was back when he started back up, because I know Jesse James was in Long Beach, and then he moved to Austin. Austin, and, then, and that's when Patrick worked for him. Yeah. Was there. It's funny, too, because I ended up connecting the dots. I think I was watching a TV show, and I remember there's this kid, and he's like, oh, he's this really great welder and stuff. And you know, I, I didn't connect the dots until later when I listened to the podcast, and he's like, oh, I worked at that shop. And I was like... That's that kid from that, that TV because I didn't know what he looked like. You know, you know Jesse's <laughs> hiring a guy right now. Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have all the skills he's looking for, but I don't know. It's one of those things. I still got to build this foundation. Like, I'm very Don't aware. you feel like, though, doing something like that at your age? Yeah. Before you get married, uh-huh. before you have kids, do something like that. I well, know your girl. Your, your girl digs you, well. right? <laughs> Yeah, me and her broke up. But. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I feel like an asshole now. I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll talk about that after pod. I just yeah. didn't want to have that. Oh on the no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries, no worries. <laughs> um, but I mean, so when are you? When that's a prime. Uh, that's a prime opportunity that I would. I would caution you to say that. You know, he's a hard person to work for. I know a lot of people that work yeah. for him. He's near impossible to work for for a long time. Yeah. But everybody that works for him tells me the same thing. No one can work as many hours, work as hard at that level as he can. And I just for think sure. that it's somebody your age with your skill set would learn from getting yelled at by him. <laughs> and what you took away from there would be invaluable. Oh, for sure. You know, Curtis I Hoffman mean, worked for him. Curtis Hoffman. Oh, he. Uh, Hoffman he Designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know of him. I've got yeah. one of his wheels in there. I'm building that, this though. FXR. That FXR that I'm building for Aaron Coit, Midwestern Grinder on, on Insta. You're building an FXR for him? Yeah. Are you building the one that Jay's painted? or? Yeah. Oh, no shit. That's yeah. one of my favorite paint jobs he did. Wait a minute. Well, we're... we're it's ca- the gray one. No, so... No. I'm okay. building... Jace oh, has the paint. that was a Dyna with an FXRT, Farron. Yes. Uh, so okay. I'm building an FXRT for Aaron Coit, who is Midwestern Grinder on Insta. 
Oh, shit. That's where that R and R motor's going. Yeah, he's got a lot of bikes going right now, doesn't? Well, he he, he sold his he sold his Dyna. He's he's not the really one right that now. Just got painted. The one that Jace painted a few years ago, the, the 2016 oh, Street Oh, so Bob. not the recent one. The recent one is a bagger with an FXR fairing on it. That's a Road King with an FXRT. Um, oh, I thought it that's was a Toll Designs big boy fairing. I've got one in the other room for okay. for my for my dad's. Yeah, I, I, your buddy had one of those on his Road King. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's a Road King or... Yeah, Cam. The Cameron, yeah, the yeah. red bike. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I remember that bike from Daytona. Yep. So that's that, that's the same fairing that's going on on my dad's yeah, old bike. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, you got to throw your hat in the ring, don't you think? Don't you think you got to throw your hat in the ring? Couldn't you go live in Austin for a couple years? Oh, for sure. It's just, like I said, I do things very untraditionally. And I've actually bounced around the idea. I mean, I hope my boss doesn't listen to this because he kind of wants me to stay for a little while. But uh, And I'm not – I'm staying with my job, and I'm not going to leave there out of nowhere. But I've actually – there's a shop in Sarasota that builds super high-end cars, and I've thought they're lo- they've always been looking for a sheet metal shaper. Problem is, like, as far as sheet metal shaping for me, like, my way of getting to the end, I don't know if that's the most proficient thing. And that's always been the thing with the bikes. I've just always thrown yeah. hours at it. I've never really cared how long it takes as long as it gets done. Do you take any yeah. sheet metal classes? No. No, I have absolutely no idea what well, I'm doing. Well, then you need to do that. <laughs> you need to – the next time that there's one – like, they have them in Texas all the time. Yeah. The next – do you know Josh Leroy from um, from Sarasota? No. He hangs out with uh, – he hangs out with um, – Corey Souza, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, but he's a sheet metal. He's a he's a car guy. Does he is does he actually he might work for this shop then? He may. It's salt Works. I I can't answer that. I I would tell you if I knew. Yeah. I mean I don't give a shit. I don't you know. Yeah. But I I can show you who he is on Instagram okay. when we're done. Yeah, I'll yeah. show you that. Yeah, for but sure. um, I will tell you that um, and, um he he very very well. Maybe the guy who does that, but he does. I know he does some some stuff for for Corey, but yeah, you need to take a sheet metal class. You need to learn from somebody who knows how to do it in a proficient manner. Now, yeah, you know what I mean. Instead of for like sure. the long way home for kind sure. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you use a pull max? No, <laughs> you never use a pull max. <laughs> no, I don't. Planishing even, I don't hammer. Even have, yeah, I've got a English wheel. I've got an English wheel. I don't. Like planishing hammer, it's it's an actual planishing hammer. <laughs> like it's not an, like a planishing <laughs> hammer. <laughs> like, I've got a shrinker stretcher, and I've got a with uh, like Eckold dies, or is it like a Harbor Freight? It's uh, with the the English wheel. No, no, the, no. The shrinker stretcher. Oh, the shrinker stretcher. No, dude, it's an Eastwood. Like it's a cheap old like. Dude, I'm telling you, like I that that shovel head, I built that with nothing but an English wheel. I, I didn't shape it any. I didn't hammer it at all. It was all sheet metal. Which, if you look at the sheet metal shaping, there's not like they're not extreme or anything. No, but you look, know? I mean, you're, but, you're doing you're doing some. You're, th- that's okay. Like you said before, it's not how you get to where you go. It's yeah. It, it's you know yeah. But yeah, you you need to you need to maybe think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, maybe get a credit card and and buy some spend ten grand on it. Yeah, a, I mean, I understand the concept of and I like I said like what I'll do is I'll build like a negative of like the tank like if I have to go like extreme like uh, like if I want to build like the side of a tank I'll build right. a negative of it hammer the side of it and then English wheel all that out and then I. I mean, like I said, it's super untraditional, but it's like the poor man's <laughs> like that, that shovel head. I pretty much built that entire bike with a TIG welder an English wheel 
and an angle grinder. Like most of it's done with an angle grinder. That's how I, I le legitimately sculpt metal like like how you would with a, <laughs> you know, but I, I know like some of the fundamentals. I know like uh, a file, one of my favorite sayings is a file will never lie to you. You know, right. like you could shape whatever you want with a file. You know, you get it close with an angle grinder, come in with a file and then block sand it. You know, you'll, it'll be right. You know, <laughs> a file will always be flat. You know, it's never going to yeah. lie to you. Yep. But like I said, I'm not proficient whatsoever. I just threw hours at it. I. You know. So, but the good thing is, is, you know, so you don't have any cheat codes. No. If somebody could give you a couple of cheat codes. Exactly. And well, here's what I learned from <laughs> here. Going back to the, the sheet metal class that I took. Here's yeah. what I learned. I learned what tools I wanted to buy. Oh yeah. That's what I took away from that. Yeah. Cause I went into a room where they had everything. They had a Pulmax, mm -hmm. they had an Eckold, they had a, you know, a real planishing hammer, yeah. a Chicago pneumatic, like legit, like, you know, $10,000 one with all the different radius dies and English wheel. And, uh, I learned what I didn't want. And I learned that's why I don't own any of those tools because yeah. I got spoiled. I went into that yeah. room and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to buy some, see, some shitty tool. See, that's the great thing about me, though. <laughs> right, but, but I'm not trying to do sheet metal for, for a living where you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There is something about learning it the hard way. But, like, I've always wanted to go to that Sosa sheet metal shaping class. Yeah. I idolize that guy. Like, as far as craftsmanship go, I, like, I also don't want people to think, like, I'm some backwoods podunk, like, builder with an, like, a angle grinder just tacking shit up. Dude. Like, I. That's, it doesn't matter how you get to where you're going. Yeah. Quality but, for me is number one. Cleanliness. You know, like, I like to keep my space as clean as, like, an engine room. Like, how much, I don't how like much room do you have? How, what do you work in? I, what kind of space are you working in? <laughs> I'm working in the corner of my dad's garage right now. That's that's just where I have to build right now um, until I have. I'm I'm actually looking to buy a house right now, and I need a two car garage at least, right? Um, just so I can have like the room. I I mean I I don't have enough room for my tools right now. I actually just got a a, a mill like a Bridgeport style mill, and I I don't have room for it. Like I just don't. So it, right now it's at, it was a Christmas bonus actually right. like a year ago <laughs> from my boss. Um, my my boss he's always been really cool to me about that stuff. He well, it's because you're probably because you're a hard worker and yeah, he well, doesn't rely on you. And he he told me he's had this mill sitting by, beside his shop and he was always like, "I'll sell you that for fifteen hundred bucks." And uh, come Christmas, he's like, "Hey, I'll, I'll give you a Christmas bonus." Um, but you want that that uh that mill there? I was like. Oh yeah, I'd rather have that than you know, it usually gives us like five hundred bucks. He's like, sure. Oh, I'm just gonna give you that mill. That's uh, and fuck, he still dude. gave me a Christmas bonus too, which is the coolest part. But wow. uh yeah, so I haven't been able to pick that up just because I don't have room for it. I you know, and then I gotta get the three phase for it. Like right now, I mean it's as minimal as possible. Um, but you know, when I started doing this, I was assembling bikes at Target. Like I was making like twelve dollars an hour. I, right. I didn't have any money, but that was the you know, I was always taught like just make it happen. You know, yeah, just figure it out. You know, fitbo, <laughs> figure it the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, I don't want people to think like I'm a podunk. There is a way of doing stuff like that, but you're still like you're clean and 
cleanliness is next to godliness for one. The cleaner fabricator you are, the better you are. Absolutely. Um, the tighter, the better fabricator you are, the better welder you are. You could be a shitty welder as long as you're a, a good fabricator and you could get those, uh, the um, fitment up as tight as possible. Yeah, That's all that really matters. Yeah, you can pipe properly and make oh. it fit good. And the, the shitty part about that is being a bad fabricator makes you a good welder. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you can fill in whatever gap you wanted. But it's it's good to, like, have that, I don't know, like, I, like I can notch whatever with just an angle grinder. Like, I have that ability just because I had nothing, you know, to me. I didn't have a tubing non- notcher, you know. Like, I had, to, right. I had to do that with an angle grinder. And I didn't want to, you know, chromoly, you don't really want big gap, you know. Chromoly no. don't take that much heat. And that's a lot of the stuff I do is it's all chromoly tubing, thin wall stuff. You know, so I, you know, you gotta be, have tight tolerances and stuff like that. You gotta know what you're doing still, but you can do it with an angle grinder. And this is important if anyone's listening to your podcasts and they're trying to, you know, figure out, you don't, you know, just, you know, keep going for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm a big proponent of that. I mean, I'm not, you know, I didn't have a a lick of, of real traditional skill when I started doing all this stuff. I yeah. just had had a lot of experience. Yeah. Right. So you can turn that into, you can turn that into experience turns into skill once you start putting your hands to it. Exactly. Right. So yeah. you're, you know, you're figuring out, and I think that's good advice. What do you, so you're, you're a fabricator by trade uh-huh. on a day-to-day basis. What do you fabricate? Uh, so it's all rich people stuff. Uh, we build, uh, spiral staircases, handrails and stuff like that. Uh, we do like off fabrication. I actually uh, just welded up this ring for Nick Walenda. You know, Nick Walenda's mm-hmm. down in. He's yeah. I just met him uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He's a, he's a really cool guy. Uh, but I guess his wife's hanging from probably something sketchy. We weld up these rings and we put like a little ring that I guess has a mouthpiece or something. I've never had the balls to watch it, but right. she hangs by her teeth from some absurd height. But we weld the ring. We bend the ring on our roll bender and weld those up. We don't really do that much work for them. It's mostly like spiral staircases, handrails, and stuff like that. It's construction. Eventually, I want to get out of it, but it was the perfect job for me at the perfect time because everywhere else, like SMB, when I went there, he was uh, – like when I was saying Brian interviewed, he was like, "Oh well, we have a position for a grinder." He's like, "You could want to, you know, you want to start from the bottom, anyways." And like, just I didn't want to be a welder in the first place. Like, it's funny because I went to welding school and I didn't want to be a welder. I don't even like welding that much. Just, really? Yeah. I, it's the one process I don't really care. I do like trying to get better at it, and I was. When I was going to school, like, I was pretty obsessive about it. When I went to school, I know I'm jumping around like crazy. You're fine. But when I went to school, I, you know, I was paying out of pocket, and I pretty much told myself they're not going to make any money off of me. I'm going to stay here after school and just weld as much stainless plates as I can. I'm just going to get as good as possible at it. I mean, that's but, the kind of attitude that it takes. That That's what's the difference between somebody who – actually has the ability to achieve yeah. what they want to achieve. I mean, that's, yeah. that's literally the only thing you have to do is just work harder than everybody else. That's it. Yeah. That's the one thing you have yeah. to do. If you just do that, <laughs> everything else is, th- there isn't anything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and it's also that like you got to be able to push yourself. And the cool thing with uh, social media, which also kind of cripples a, a large part of my generation, apparently, is uh, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly is is uh shit talking online you know like when you post something and like like say i post a weld and like on every internet forum they just start talking shit that either makes you propel yourself forward or it it shuts you down unfortunately a lot of people it shuts you down but it it's just that like looking on weld porn and stuff and seeing all these guys that are clearly better welders than you and you're like fuck that guy i'm <laughs> I'm gonna figure this out. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make this shit work. So you just keep working and keep pushing yourself. But it's important to be able to push yourself. But it is I've always kind of used social media to my advantage in that way, to where I look at all this stuff other people are doing. I'm like, I'm gonna figure out how to do that better than him. You know, I'm gonna right. try to I'm not trying to be cocky or anything. It's just like, you know, I know I don't have the skill level, but I see something, I'm like, I can improve on that or you know, I need to get to that level. You know, a lot of people, some people, that'll propel them forward. And it's always, I've never had that issue with social media where I've always felt bad about it, you know. Right. Like, I see someone who's better, and that's, you know, you got to make it, like, you know, this motherfucker. Well, you have gotta, two choices, right? <laughs> yeah. You can either, you can accept that you can or can't yeah. do something. Yeah, exactly. If you can do it, you got to fucking prove it. Yeah, and if you Show can't me. do it, fucking good. Like someone's better than you at something. There's <laughs> always somebody better. There's always somebody stronger. There's always yeah. somebody richer. There's always somebody faster. Exactly. But right? that's good. That means you can get up to another level. You're not plateauing, you know? <laughs> so you're you're building handrails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to that. And so what are you going to do? What's the move? What, how, old well, how old do you know? Um, 20... I just turned 27, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, what's the move? Um, well, uh, so I, I still like, the problem is I, I don't really know. I want to I want to work under one of these shops, and I want to learn some of these skills. But at the same time, like, the cool thing about my job now is it allows me to where because I pretty much, we have this understanding with my boss. I'm going to work as late as possible if we need it. Like, I'm going to work overtime if we need it. But he knows I'm not dying to work on Saturday. I haven't worked Saturday, you know, three years. So. And that's so that you can work on motorcycles. Yes. It, it allows me to build motorcycles. And also, I make enough money there to where I can build the stuff. Like, I can afford to do some of it. Like, I'm not making bad money right now okay. you know whereas if i go to hot rod shop i know i'm going to be there and i don't also don't want to get myself burnt out on it you know i don't want to be too far into it which i mean at this point like i work 40 hours at work and then i'll come home and work 40 and not lately but when i was building those bikes i would work 40 and then come home and work 40 you know it was always like i was and sometimes i'd even throw even more hours at it you know it was just just one of those things where I'm still working on this foundation that definitely needs more time, and I don't really know what the best move is. I know I love to, especially I see all these builders that I look up to. They always have, like, Jesse James worked under Boyd Coddington. Right. You know, there's something to that. <laughs> oh, he, he, he claims that that's where he learned, yeah. you know, he learned how to run yeah. the shop. Uh, so, so 
maybe you should send a resume into Jesse, who's <laughs> fucking hiring somebody right now. I know. I actually, I know what post you're talking about. I looked into it. He wants someone who can, like, wire a whole car. You can do all that shit. You built, look <laughs> at the bikes you built. terrible at that stuff. Well, you I, know what? You wouldn't be when you were done getting yelled at by him. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, no, I, I get that, and that's something I want to do. And, like, I've... I've really like a couple months I ago I really convinced myself that I was going to I was going to start putting forth effort into going to the local shop because they're they're a big bad bad car shop I mean they build really fucking cool cars they're building an all aluminum uh, I want to say it's like a bread van like okay. yeah it's an all aluminum like van with a late model motor they do a lot of cool shit like that. It's just stuff I want to learn how to do. They've always been looking for a sheet metal shaper. They're looking for fabricators. It's just I'm also, like, at the job I'm at now, I'm to the point where maybe I can start making parts, you know? Like, I can – because I have the time to to actually start a business. I, I don't know. I just – like I said, I don't know what the next best step is. I'm kind of just going with the flow with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really just – I'll figure it out. You need to go to Sturgis <laughs> sometime. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to go this year. I thought it was going to be canceled. Didn't really put forth much effort into it. I got to, I yeah, next year for sure I need to go. I, I'm just not even going to say I'm going to go or not. I'm just going to actually do it because I'm tired of saying every year, oh, I'm going to go to Sturgis and just never. It, that, I will tell you that what Sturgis will do for you, it will change the way you think about this business. Yeah. It will expose you in a in a much different way than daytona does uh -huh. to the fact that you have to put in the work on building relationships with people yeah you have to put in the work on being places yeah you have to well the only reason the only reason i'm not places right now <laughs> other than like local stuff i just like i said i can't afford it you know like the the shovel head actually so i was invited to mama tried and it was the bike was actually invited to the hand built show as well and the congregation show. Okay. I didn't go to those two because which I I feel really bad about the congregation show because I almost kind of blew the guy off like just because I at the time I didn't think I was getting invited to Mama Tried and that same day I emailed this guy about this and uh, I got the invite from Mama Tried. Right. So I was like fuck. <laughs> but like when I look at this, so like if I'm going to Austin, Texas like a week it's going to cost me a couple thousand dollars more than likely in gas i mean gas and expenses there hotel stay you know which i could i could uh, obviously i could figure out a camping situation or i could sleep in the car like i you know i could figure out a way to do it but at the time at the time like it was like no matter how much money it costs i'd rather put that money into building another motorcycle uh, well, okay. So, I'll give you that one. I'll let you have that one. Exactly. So but, I but you avoided do myself Mama Tried because I thought the bike, I, I wanted the bike to, be, especially before I tear the thing apart, I it needed to have the exposure I felt it deserved for being the first. I wanted it to be seen somewhere, you know, other than Daytona. Are you worried about ripping apart your first bike? No, and not at not, all. Okay, but let me finish. <laughs> 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 My point is, are you worried about ripping it apart and it not having uh, in it in it because a lot of people do this yeah and they redo the bike so and it's not the same bike but it is the same bike and so there's two sides of it. let me finish though there's the people that go well all you did was just redo it yeah. and then there's the other people who are like he fucking took that thing apart oh it's gonna be drastically different 
Right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's not going to look like the same bike. Let's so you, you, that, that doesn't <laughs> even show up on your radar. No. So I I think this on the same thing. Like, so I actually when I built that bike at, when I first started, I got a lot of shit because um, there's a photo floating around online. I cut off the back half of an FXR. Like, I have a photo of me holding the triangle on the right. FXR and just... <laughs> you know, just like you're off. holding a puppy or something? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of how it got interpreted. But, I mean, no one really talks shit about it anymore. But, like, I've, I have this thing where nothing is sacred, like I was saying before. Right. And you got to really detach yourself from that. And I'm not really cutting it apart by any means. So what I'm going to do and... So I'm going to take the tens apart. I'm going to build an aluminum frame, and I'm going to give it to my dad, um, which he's going to hear that now and figure that part out. But um, it's going to it's going to still exist in that way. So all the tens, I'm going to build something to where it looks like it's configured the correct way. So you're going to build an exist. aluminum FXR frame, essentially. Yeah, it'll be smaller. It'll be condensed where I have the tank because the exhaust is staying. I'm keeping the exhaust on there. I'm keeping pretty much a lot of the geometry there. The front end's going to be different. But, like, the 10s, that's the important part of the bike. Right. Um, but when I look at the 10s on that bike, I think the same thing I thought when I saw that FXR. You know, you see all these people saying, oh, the frame's, like, they built more than one, so I don't really care about that part. And then when I look at it, and like I said, I'm a competitive person. When I looked at that frame and I saw all the welds and stuff, it's like, I can build something better than that. Why? Why would I care about... How dare you? How <laughs> dare you, Kyle Rice? <laughs> but that's uh, that's blasphemy. Blaspheme. It's a Mike really Pintazzi right now is rolling around <laughs> yelling epithets at you, flipping the flipping so, his iPhone off if he even has an iPhone. If I know Mike, Mike FXR Mike probably has a goddamn Android like you do. Oh, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he chopped up a rare one. <laughs> yeah, he built by far built the ugliest FXR I've ever seen. He actually it's funny because on an internet forum, some kid posted an FXR exhaust and he was like, Are you guys mad at me on an FXR forum? And I posted a photo of the back half of my FXR frame. And this kid, like, you know how you do the emoticon thing? Yeah. He put an angry emoji. Like the kid who posted this FXR exhaust that he cut up. And FXR Mike posted the front half of his FXR. He's like, hey, man, we could complete an FXR. Right, yeah. Yeah, we could almost bridge the gap here. He's <laughs> but, a good uh, dude. Have you met him? No, no, I've never met him. I'm friends with him on Facebook, yeah, though. Yeah, you'll have to meet him in person one yeah. day. He's a, he's a character. I like him. Yeah, I've never really dude. talked to him good. But he, like, I like his points because he has the same... He has the same points, which is funny because a lot of times I'll see it, and he he is and he's an FXR guy. Yeah, you know he likes OEM. Oh, he's a stuff. nerd. Yeah, yeah, he Dude. likes OEM stuff, but I like the fact that he chopped the shit out of it. He FXR. did. And he put that weird, ugly rear fender yeah. on the whole deal. <laughs> Hang on one second. I gotta piss. All right. There's more beer if you want another beer. You don't mind if I grab another one.
got a bottle opener in there. I washed my hands just so you Trust you don't have the Corona, too. I don't have the Rona. <laughs> I do not have the Rona, and I wash my hands after I go to the bathroom. It's funny, I'm fucking 47 this year, so I, I, I don't think I've gone an hour and a half other than maybe a couple hours sleeping where I haven't had a piss at least once. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through some weird geriatric puberty. You know, my balls keep going, heading towards my knees. I got gray hair everywhere. It's fucking weird. Um, so uh, what were we talking? We were talking about... Um, Oh, oh, we were talking about FXR Mike. FXR yeah. Mike, yeah. yeah, good dude. I mean, you know that Which, that community is a, is a is a, a group of there's a cast of characters in there. Him and Joe sure. Girardo, and yeah, um, of course Jace fits into that. You know, yeah. Jace is kind of in a uh, Jace is in a in a different mood lately. I, I, I he seemed depressed. <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> Jace is Jace is funny. Um, you know, it was funny. I had him on my podcast, and he was a very different guest than he was a host. And we were just there a couple of weeks ago when we did that one with uh, me and Daryl Huxel. Do you yeah. know? Do you know who Huxel is? Um, no, I he was on the podcast. With yeah, he's me. got That's, a shitload yeah. of FXR. He's a great dude. Yeah. So, you know, we got a, we we keep our little our our little inner circle kind of small, but um, it, I had a good time with it. Jace is fine. He just he's he's right now he's kind of in this uh, in this space where he's wanting to do a lot of photography and yeah. you know he travels a lot and you know he's taken his podcast to um, places that I don't know I don't know that I could it's, do the way incredible. he does. Incredible! I mean, honestly, like just seeing how much the reach has grown on that podcast. Oh, it, well, that, it's <laughs> I always tell him all the time that you know I've been doing this one for eight years. Yeah, and. Um, I went from hearing my first podcast to having my first podcast within a matter of a week or two because yeah. I just thought it was the neatest thing. But he's, uh, you know, I'm kind of the Mark Marin where he's kind of the Joe Rogan yeah. of, of oh, motorcycle yeah. podcasts. His, I would say as of, far as Harley podcasts like that. And that's the cool thing. That's why, like, having inviting me out here, that's awesome. Because this is, this is, like, to me, the podcast. And when I did Jace's, that, that was... It's kind of like the new uh, magazine feature. It is. Yeah. I I love that part of it. That's a great way to articulate that. I'm, you know, this is something that I, you know, you talk about. You went to welding school. I went to radio yeah. school. Yeah, I know. You told me that. Uh, and so, I love this. This is such a comfortable thing for me. I like. <laughs> well, of course, I don't think anybody likes the sound of their own voice as much as I do. But I just enjoy <laughs> having conversation and talking about motorcycles and talking shit and, you know. I like talking shit a little bit more than I like talking motorcycles sometimes, yeah, I think. Yeah. Dude, I love talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's something society needs more of is talking shit. Well, I think people talk plenty of shit. Is that people yeah. need to, like, just relax. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> I guess I just I didn't grow up in the right generation for that, you know. <laughs> grow up in the right generation for what? Like talking shit? Talking or what? shit. Like it's the same thing like I was talking about online. When someone talks shit, sometimes like that that like, you know, pressure makes diamonds, you know? Like oh, when yeah. someone talks shit, like there's something in me where I like I like it when you know, when someone talks shit, it motivates me. Like right? it, 
I don't know. <laughs> like if I called you a giant pussy because you haven't filled out an application to go like a West Coast Choppers. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> See, that's that's just because I like Florida and <laughs> really, I've got a simple state right now. Yeah, dude, I'm a Florida guy. I am as Florida as it gets. You're yeah. not. No, I just want to let you know. I live in Polk County. Yeah. You live in Hernando County, right? Manatee or County. Manatee County. Yeah. That's not as Florida as it gets. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> you go 10 I, minutes out of here, son, and that's as fucking Florida no, as no, no. it gets. I can show you some Florida that you're that. like. <laughs> I have I have local pride. I'm like one of the few. Like, uh, there's something about Florida where that, that, that part kind of lacks. Like, you look at sports teams. There's no Buccaneer fan. Like, they're all from somewhere else. Oh, they're I get what you mean. They're all from Boston. Yeah. And, you know, like, there's something where I don't like where, like, Florida just – People here just don't have, like, pride. We all make fun of ourselves, you know, over the whole Florida man thing. Right. Which is a total fallacy. We're a fucking meme. Like, we are just, like, a collection of memes. You know what upsets me about that, though? That's just because... (laughs) So, like, I don't really know a lot about this stuff, but I know uh, someone's told me is the whole Florida man thing is basically because we're more open about our records is pretty much the reason why is because... People can, you know, report on stuff so easily. Right. You know, we we post our mug shots online. Yes, we do. So, like, if you look at, like, I've looked at, like, some of the statistics, like, Florida's really not, like, that wild as far as crime rates go. Like, it's not anything insane. And I'm sure, like, other people probably have other information. There's I'm some, not, like, there's some insane that. areas. If you look there at is, Florida in a snapshot, is. you look at Miami, no, no, I get that. Hialeah, you're, you do have some, some, some gangster shit that goes on down there. But I get that. But, like, I wish there was some pride. Like, when I, like, I went to school in Sarasota, and there was kids, like, talking about, like, Sarasota, like, they're from some small town in Ohio. Like, they... <laughs> Like, I wanted to move out of there. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? We live right on the beach. Like, we, <laughs> this is insanity. Oh, like, they, like, like it's an after school special, and I got to get out of this one horse I gotta town. I got to get out of this town. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, it's like the nicest area. Like, I get it. Like, it's not the most affordable area, but there's work there. Like, they're like, I wouldn't build spiral staircases somewhere. I mean, like as far as like, I'd you're probably... not building spiral staircases ten minutes from here in Paul. No, <laughs> no, They're, those guys live in Longboat Key and Siesta yeah, Key and sure, you know, Anna Maria. Um, but like that stuff doesn't happen, you know, in other plates of Florida. But I get that. I just wish there was more. Like, you know, you look at someone. Uh, like when I went to Milwaukee, those guys love Milwaukee. That's a neat place. <laughs> they eat, sleep, and breathe Milwaukee. That's a neat place. It is a neat place. It is. And, like, like I remember talking to a guy, and he was like, I don't give a shit, like, if I can't ride a motorcycle, like, four months out or six months out of the year. He's like, I won't live anywhere else. I was like, that's awesome. We get a ride every single day in Florida, and everyone's, you know, the roads are flat and all this. It's like, at least we get a ride. Well, <laughs> people aren't from here, though. Mm-hmm. Very few people are from here. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast or not before, but I used to come down every year for Daytona. And there was a few years there where I worked for Baker Drivetrain. So the company, well, the company that I owned in Michigan, JR Cycle Works, which is now Plymouth Cycle and Speed. My business partner, Evan, is married to now, but was dating then a lady named Trish. And Trisha was the art director for Baker. 
Uh-huh. She was a tattoo artist. She did a lot of the work that I have. She did design the logo they have for for Plymouth Cycle and Speed. Oh, oh! I thought you said she was the artist for for Baker. Baker. She was okay. Yeah. She was the she she done a lot of stuff for Baker. Yeah. And so we went to Bike Week in '08, uh-huh. and we were down there, and we were staying at the Baker House. And we were hanging out and partying, and they had their big booth there set up at the Speedway, and all they did in their booth was hang out. And my business partner was like, well, why don't you guys do anything in your booth? And I'm like, like what? You know, like, what are we going to do in our booth? He goes, why don't you set up a, a hoist and do install transmissions? And they're like, you can do that. <laughs> and so he and I put the plan. It was all his idea. We put the whole plan together. Man, he and he probably ruined stuff. <laughs> you guys are just partying. Yeah, we were partying. Thanks a lot, Evan. <laughs> Dick. We were partying. And Evan's like, uh, well, so what it ended up happening, though, it ended up being really lucrative for us. We Yeah. Later that year, we uh, went to Sturgis and installed, I think, 17 or 18 transmissions in that week. Yeah, And we were getting paid, like, per install, we were getting paid. And so we we went back, and they covered all of our expenses and that. So we ended up doing that for, for a couple years. But oh, that was shit. that was something something that we did. Yeah. You know, just as, as to turn that into a, a money maker instead of a money loser. Like instead of us going on vacation <laughs> and costing us money. Yeah. That's what we did. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. He thinks a lot, Evan. You ruined you ruined Bike Week for me. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. Where I, why I got on the subject that I had, that I was working for Baker. Oh, so I was down there working at the Speedway. Yeah. And right across the speedway is the mall. And I used to go, I, I get my hair cut all the time. I like getting my hair cut because my hair is kind of nappy and it looks like shit when it gets long. So I go over to get my hair cut. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go over and get my hair cut. So I go over and get my hair cut. And this girl's cutting my hair. And, you know, we're ta- just talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, she's like, hey, if I can hate it here. And I'm like, oh, I'd like to move here. She's like, why would you want to live here? And I'm like, because it's, it's February. And where I live, it's fucking cold. Yeah. Or March and yeah, it's you guys cold. have like a whole set of problems that yeah, exactly. don't, don't exist, right? My dad always used to say you don't have to shovel heat. Well, so I'm talking to this girl and she's like, I mean, I here. Like, I think I like and I'm like, Well, I'm like, why don't you like it here? And she leans over into my ear and she goes, People come here to die. <laughs> And I was like, okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> I told her, I go, I go, you're not, I go, no one's from Florida. She goes, I'm from Florida. I go, your parents aren't guaranteed. She goes, no, my mom's from Jersey. My dad's from Pennsylvania or one of those kind of deals. You know what I mean? But people do come down here from other places. I did. Yeah. You know, my wife was born here, but she lived back up there. And long yeah, story, but, but there's a reason people come down here. It's just yeah, sad that it doesn't get interpreted that to the rest of the country, you know. Well, because like, there's so many people leave. Yeah, they call them halfbacks. They end up in North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. Yeah, which they move halfway back. Which, when I say like I'm a Florida, I love that area. Like I, I would, I would love to move to Blue Ridge, Georgia. But like I have pride. Like I like the idea of having pride from where I'm from, just because I don't see it very often. I've always, I just, you know, some people would call that toxic. What, 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 how's that? They, no, some people do. I'm not. I'm not saying I do. But oh, some like a nationalist it, or something. Yeah, exactly. They think it's toxic behavior. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Like, the, I mean, so many other people can do that. There's just nothing wrong with like loving where you're from. It's not like I'm like I don't know. Like even if I, even if I'm to make fun of every other state, you know, 
It's what's wrong with here? We get paid affordable wages. Uh, we can. It's a right to work state, no. right? <laughs> and we don't have to pay a state tax. <laughs> oh, I agree I with mean, you. Come yeah, on, no, I get it. Yeah, it, it's very, it's very unique that somebody your age it thinks like that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just see it for how it is. You know. Obviously, <laughs> it's the problems uh, a other credit people have. to. Well, it's a credit yeah. to growing up in a hardworking family. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. My family's from Illinois, so I know what a shithole looks like. And I always tell people we're from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, which part of my family is. So right. we were Rams fans when I was a kid. Like St. Kurt Louis. Warner. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Warner era. And, uh, <laughs> what, was his, what was his guy? That he, what was his, his running back? Oh, I don't remember. I was, I was young when they were going to the Super Bowl. God, I, I remember that. this too because they were they were Rams fans and the Rams went to the Super Bowl and right after that the Buccaneers went to the Super Bowl. Well, the Buccaneers went to the Super Bowl in I th- want to say 02 or 03. It was either 02. I think it was 03 Three. was the actual Super Bowl, but yeah. it was the 02 season. So. Yeah. 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 So I can and remember. They haven't been to the playoffs since. <laughs> <laughs> they will this year. Yeah. If there's a season. Well, I, I think it's pretty possible. <laughs> yeah, I think they. I think that uh, with uh, Gronkowski and uh, and Tom Brady, I think I, even I, if I even football. if they have to wait a year, like oh, I'm the biggest football fan. So like, let me ask you this: What do you make of all the hullabaloo about the the BLM stuff and the Colin Kaepernick stuff? Does that stuff show up on your radar at all as a young man? Well, who you know has social media and yeah, you're, you're pragmatic. Are you are you uh, you know do you do you do you vote? Do you do you get involved? Do you do those things, or do you just say I'm, fuck it? I'm pretty apolitical. Um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's so hard because I just don't agree with if if anywhere I'm probably libertarian. So like, I'll probably vote that way just as on principle. Uh, this year, I mean, I know it's not polite to talk. You vote for? I don't give a fuck. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a rule or no, not. It's not a rule I, around here. I'm not a political person whatsoever. But um, so, but like even then, like even if I'm, because I probably stand way more libertarian. But even like they bring up some astronomically crazy shit, like abolishing the ATF, which maybe I do kind of agree with that. I think the ATF, like firearms, I get, but alcohol and tobacco, and sometimes like they seems like they fuck up more shit than they. Yeah, but, they, they, there's then, definitely an argument for that. Trust like me. legalizing all drugs, you know that that part. I'm, <laughs> you know. especially here in Florida. That yeah, is one thing that, that we, might be I a don't bad think idea. We do that I don't right want people here. to capitalize on that shit, even though they still kind of technically do. Pharmaceuticals are pretty fucked up, but um, they are, and, and they're very much that's very much a big maybe, problem. Down maybe here. that would work if they legalized all these other drugs, you know, and maybe it might weed out, you know. Funny uh, so, that you said weed out. but uh yeah like i don't really like stand too much into that and uh, but like socially i'm very liberal if that makes any sense like i do like there's crazy shit like i don't like i don't support every the black lives matter i can get behind and like i don't like I just find it crazy when people get super critical about the way people say stuff when it's not interpreted. Like when someone says all lives matters now, it's like a fucking the world's over. It's like they meant it like in a good way, you know. I yeah, get it so like it's been an, used in a derogatory intent. way. Like sure. someone would say that just to degrade like the actual just to just to incite somebody. But I mean, do you yeah. find are you do, do do people in your age group and 
that you're around and people that you consider friends, do you, do you guys talk about this stuff? <laughs> I mean, because I'm almost yeah. 50 and that's all my friends that I talk about. Yeah. But like, it's, it's down split in the middle too. Cause a lot of my friends are super liberal and like when they start getting into it, I can't, I, I just can't get into a lot of this stuff. I'm like, I'm very like on the libertarian side, I'm very capitalist. I, if you make something better, you should get paid more. And sometimes that gets out of hand. Like when you have publicly shared companies, you know, I mm -hmm. don't think that really works. You can see that with Harley Davidson, you know, them mass producing these motorcycles and just trying to one up the stocks every single year. It just doesn't sure. work. It's yeah, like you hit a point at some point and it, you know, there has to be a ceiling on it, right? Yes. I mean, the dollar can only be worth so much when we don't, when we pretend that it's worth something anyways. Yeah. We're yeah, pretending that the dollar is worth something anyways. Yeah. It's based off of confidence. So there has to be. Yeah, it's not on the gold standard anymore. No. I mean, like, no. which, which for a reason. But, like, I, I try to think of things, like, rationally. Like, I can understand from each side because there's rational argument. I just wish there was a rational politician when, you know, they're so partisan, like, it's like they're trying to please like one side and it's just it's crazy. Like I love our governor, but like when he was talking like a couple weeks ago, you could tell he was totally trying to like kiss ass. Play and I don't like that. No. I don't like when cuz you could see Mike Pence standing next to him and he's just ass kissing. Right. Yeah. You know? I'm like I dude, I don't like ass kissing, you know. No. I and I don't like that side on politicians, but as far as like Dude, I don't know, man. I just wish there no, was rational but, uh, thinking about it. I think it. it, well, okay, so, you know, I, I'm glad that somebody your age is thinking about it because I didn't. Well. I mean, it, and, and, <laughs> well, and it was high stakes for me. Like I, I, I said, When I was your though, age, I had two kids, a house, yeah. a career, a wife, all those yeah. things. And so. See, I'm, like I said, I'm very apolitical. I didn't vote last time. I, I just didn't. I'm not going to lie. Um. And maybe that was wrong of me to not vote. I just, I couldn't vote for any of the two big ones. If I was to vote, I would have voted libertarian. Right. You know, anyways. And, you know, and maybe it would have been a good idea to do that. I think if, if anyone wants, you know, to, it'd be nice to see a third party emerge. You sure. Know? And it could, you know, like everyone counts it out. Like it's, well, because our system is designed not to have one. But yeah, it's the problem. We're reinforcing the system yes yeah. we're reinforcing <laughs> bad behavior it's like when a kid fucking screams because you don't give him candy i mean it's happened before too what you know the <sighs> Whig party was replaced by the republican party you know <laughs> 150 years ago <laughs> yeah but like it could still happen yeah you know, it it's could not out of the happen. realm of impossibility the only reason it's impossible because no one no one's doing it right yeah, exactly but but like i said like dude i've also got this mentality where like I'm kind of like, I don't care what else, whatever else someone's trying to tell me how to live. I'm still going to do the same thing. I'm still going to, you know, and I, I'm still going to be the best I can be and whatever world that is around me, you know, I don't know. So <clears throat> to close up here, when are you, when are you going to have, when is Kyle Rice Customs going to be a, 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 a reality. See, that's the biggest problem. I cannot come up with a name. Um, that's what's holding yeah. you up well, from having well, your own I company. Was do I Ray just Rice gave you a good name. <laughs> Ray Rice Fabrications is good, but I don't know if that still stands with the Ravens running back who beat 
his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who is from Mulberry, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be a little too close still. But, no, uh, not Ray Rice. I'm thinking Ray Lewis. Ray oh, Lewis yeah. was the one. I don't, know, I don't know where he lives, but it, it still might resonate a little hard with that. I don't know. I, there's something about putting your actual name on it. And Ray Rice is a family name where, like, my grandfather was Russell Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my cousins, I mean, Cameron Ray Rice. Uh, couple of them have middle name Ray's and the other ones have Williams. So it's kind of a family thing. So I think putting Ray Rice on it would be, it's also like, uh, it's, it's basically saying I'm in this, you know, I'm putting my own name on it. That's like the most valuable thing I possibly, I was born with that. That's the only thing I was born with. If I fail on this, you know, that's an all I'm like all in, you know, well, I mean, you could change your name, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, well, okay. But, so, is that is that is that on the is that on the? I mean, is that something that you have on your list? Oh, of for sure, things? for sure. Okay, so yeah, so you're 27. Yeah. So when does this happen? Well, if not now. When and and when? Why? So I'm I'm kind of working my way up right now. Like I said before, proficiency hasn't been on the. And when you want to run a business, that might be one of the more important tasks to or skills to have is being proficient. Sure. Yeah. So what is your what would your business so be though? It would be parts. Uh, it would be I would love to. I mean everything. I would love to build exhausts and also, like I said before, if I was to build an exhaust, I'm going to make something completely original. Like what's on that Dyna there? Well, yeah. I mean it is, but like I want to make my own muffler. You know, and I want to make, like, an actual production, you know, quality muffler. Like, that one, like, I think as far as fabrication and quality goes, it is, but it's not an actual muffler. It's me, you know, my my welding instructor basically told me, you know, slide a stainless tube in there, perforated tube, and just put a screen on the back. And he's like, that's how we did exhaust. But I want to make it something like like an actual exhaust you would buy, you know. So someone couldn't buy that exhaust? Well, I mean... Yes and no. <laughs> it would fit a Dyna, would it not? I also, you have a Dyna with mids. Okay. How many do you think they built a million of those bikes? Okay, a half the problem million with of those that bikes? exhaust, though, is, is it only what? works with that intake because the front pipe comes so close to the air cleaner. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not really that close, but you can't run like a normal air cleaner. It'd be in the way. But I built it around that air cleaner. Okay. Pretty much. I knew what I was going to do. I kind of made it work the way I wanted it to work, you know, and that's the cool thing when you're building a bike from scratch, you can, you know, do all that. You don't have to be restrained by what you have there. But the thing that you have to understand is that, so there's a group of us guys that are my age, my age group that are looking to see what we have coming up. And we're trying to cultivate this and trying to create, make sure that there's, there's somebody to carry on what, what we've contributed for the last 20 years. Yeah. So there's guys, you know, the, the guys that we mentioned earlier, there's you and Christian, and then there's a there's a, a shitload of guys that were more like me that just want to be in the business, just want to be a good mechanic, just want to yeah. do. So what does your business look like? Your business is so parts. It's it's going to be, and the, the thing I have the biggest problem with, which sucks when you're talking about making a business, I don't like making the same thing twice. So, and I also don't like that because when you make something twice, it technically devalues it. When I make something... Like once, and especially when it's super not I've in a proficient way. Never heard anybody way. articulate it that way. Yeah, 
It, there's something about it, it that I like too, especially those wheels that I made. The coolest thing about them is I could, I mean, I couldn't build this. I've gotten a couple people that asked, but I'd be like, dude, you'd be better off going to buy a, like a billet wheel. Like I would charge you way more than that. I mean, so just why couldn't you take that, that wheel and go to somebody like uh, ruthless designs and have him cut that into a billet wheel? <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, uh, I don't know if you saw Lendl wheels, like commented on that post there, like, oh, it's a, or they said something, and I was like, hey, it looked pretty good in a billet form. Right, but but so that's an – is it? are but, you going to let things like that be opportunities lost? Or no, are you no, gonna let I would definitely – I would definitely swing at that for sure, for sure. But what I'm saying is that wheel is super cool because if someone wanted that wheel, they'd probably have to make it themselves. So right now that wheel is a one-of-one. And, and the thing is, like, I think it has so much more value. And it's there's something about, like, earning it that way. So, like, you see, like, if someone really wants You understand that, wheel, that people don't necessarily want to earn it that way. They want to go earn money and buy it that way. Well, then they're going to have to pay another fabricator to build that wheel. No, you take that <laughs> wheel and you send it to somebody who can 3D model it. Yeah, but and, it won't be that original cast wheel yeah, based but, off an actual cast Morris wheel. You I understand I mean? that. But it's different enough to yeah. where you're missing an opportunity. Oh, no, I know, I know. But uh, there's something about that where, like, I like, I really like the idea. I want to produce parts, but I think it would be cool, like, where 30 years down the, the road, some kid's walking a swap meet and, like, sees one of my parts or something. It's numbered You're one You're going to have 12. to build some of those well, I to know, do that. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just thinking down, like, down so the road. So this whole, this whole last little conversation you've gone from, I really want to build parts so I built this part, but I don't want to build the part because if I build more than one, it devalues it. And it would look really great in billet. And I know I could sell a bunch of them. And Paul Lindell said that I could do that. But I don't want to do that because I only want to make 12 of them so that somebody buys a part. You want your fucking part to be worth money 30 years from now when you're 57 years old. Yeah. Instead of making money off of it right now. But you love capitalism. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, dude, you're all over the fucking map. Here's yeah. what you need to do: you need to take that wheel. The wheel that you made needs to be one of one. Don't make any more of them. That's gonna be the part well, that people are gonna buy at I'm the saying. fucking swap meet 25 yeah. years from now and be like, "Holy shit, that's the wheel." I gotta find the other one somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, let somebody like Bill Gorby or Paul Lindell build a set of wheels. I mean, that's what Curtis Hoffman well, yeah. has done. Curtis, I've got a set saying, of Curtis Hoffman wheels that are fantastic. Like, I kind of try to hint it towards Lendl. Like, but you, you do, do understand <laughs> that the wheels on those West Coast choppers out in the showroom out there yeah. are $15,000 wheels because they're built out of chunks of billet. Yeah. But those wheels were available through custom chrome made overseas mm -hmm. out of wheel blanks. And that's, that's the way you There's said that, There's a difference though, between the two. The way you said that, though, is exactly what I want to do. I want to have, like, a certain line. I want a line of things where it's like that wheel, where it's original cast wheel. Like, it's 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 valuable, and it's going to stay valuable. But then I'll have, you know, I'd love to, and I'm, I want to go to school for machining and learn how to, to machine stuff, because that's, well, that's well, really where a lot of that. If, if you let me help you and put you in touch with a couple of people, that'll pay for, it'll pay for you to go to machining school. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. Awesome. Like, I, I know, like, when we get up, when we get done with this, we're, 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 we're over two hours now, so we'll wrap this thing up here very <laughs> shortly. But I'll put you in touch with some people who yeah. can build the parts for you, that can do the 3D modeling for you, and put your name on it and let you get your talent. And I actually, I can do 3D modeling of this stuff. I know how to, 
how to do that stuff. Like I, I know how to design that, that stuff. It's just, I'm, like I said, not pro- the proficiency's not there. Well, we're going to get you somebody who's proficient so you can work <laughs> on more designs because you're an artist. Yeah. And this is where we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, Kyle Ray Rice is on the Helen Wheels Garage Built podcast right now. Oh. And when we, when we turn this off, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to school him a, a little bit more on getting him some people that can help him. What did you want to say? I was wanting to talk about that trophy. Yes, so let's talk about the trophy for yeah. the Wheels of Steel, right? The Wheels of so Steel trophy. So December 5th and 6th at yes. the RP Funding Center in downtown Lakeland. If you're looking for ticket information, go to the cfwheelsofsteel.com. It's sponsored by Geico, and Kyle Ray Rice was the, um, the winner of the Rick Hallman Legacy Award, and that award was named after my father, who was a bike builder in the 70s and 80s, and uh, lost him September 3rd of 2018, and... He would be over the moon to know that um, that we did something like this. And, and it's the only thing when they asked me to be involved with that show, that was the one thing that I requested that is the only self-dealing <laughs> transaction that I had with any of it is that I wanted that to be what it is. And what it is is an artist-owned show so or trophy. That award, I want that award to be something that people want to win, that they build bikes to win eventually. And that you guys in your circle and the craftsmanship that you have and that you exhibit and the amount of passion that you put into your stuff, you guys control who gets that. Yes. And this is one of the coolest ideas I think I've – especially because you don't see this in bike shows. I mean, trophies kind of just get recycled. And, you know, a lot of times it's – this – this is going to be because I like how you. I know you've compared it to like the Riddle Award, and I think it's it's one. Thank you for the opportunity to build this trophy. Well, it's going to be it. awesome. And uh, honestly, I'll be honest with you right now. Just the topper is pretty much done because you changed the date. So right. it would have been done for June, but right. once I the moment I saw you change the date, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of breathing but, room. We've all taken a little bit of breathing room. Trust me. But just to anyone who's building bikes right now, this trophy is going to be super dope. Um, it's going to be one inch taller than Brian Batera's trophy from last year. <laughs> I will, I will post a photo. I'm going to, I'm going to try to finish the trophy like a month or two, like before the actual show. I know it's December. So October, I'll try to have it done. Um, October, November, I'll try to have right. it done so we can actually like show the trophy and maybe like, uh, have that as an advertisement or something. Sure. But it's going to be, this is going to be one of the coolest ideas just cause Hopefully we can keep it running as long as possible. Hopefully someone, whoever gets picked next or after that doesn't. Well, the whole thing is, is that you have, if you win the award, you have to accept the responsibility of the, so I want this. The one thing I went, my dad's rule was no part untouched, right? Nothing gets untouched. Yeah. And so, uh, it's an artist owned award. You're going to, I mean, you're charged with the immense responsibility of, picking a bike in that room that suits that, that that suits all that exactly and that you have to have that you have to know what you know yeah i i just it, it's such an important thing to me it's it's really the most important thing to me and you know what I, this show is for an amazing cause i don't know if you if you know that or yeah not. yeah i know and the, um it's something that i i believe in tremendously especially being a former educator mm-hmm. um that i feel like uh no matter what happens that I'll always be involved in a show and I'll always make sure that this award is kept, you know, protected so that guys like you and yeah. guys like Brian and, and, and the people that win this award in the future 
have something that they can hang their hat on. Yeah. I think it would also be cool, like, every year. Like, I'll bring Brian Batera's trophy just to have it there. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, just so, uh, you know, every year all the trophies are in the same room. Yeah, because you're going to bring both bikes this year, are you not? uh, Well, if the FXR gets cut cut up, you won't be able to. I'm going to try to Cody Childress, the FXR. It's not going to be done. Uh, So the plan with the FXR is uh, I'm going to try for People's Champ. I'm going to try. Oh, where he we'll brought see. his FXR on my plan though. My plan undone. though, it I want it bare metal. Okay. I want it it's gonna be bare aluminum. All the sheet metal is gonna be bare aluminum. I'm gonna try to make the metal finish. I'm gonna brush it all with Scotch Bright. I can't really promise this. I know I I'm trying to because I'm just trying to do as much as I can do. Right now the bike's still fully together and I'm just trying to make as many parts as possible so sure. I can, you know, attack it real quick. But the body work, the tin work I'm going to try to make it, and then I can bring the bike, and maybe it'll probably be the first time, if it's there, being shown in bare metal, and people will be able to see what's under the paint. Sure. And I, I like that idea. Oh, Especially, yeah. you know, like Biker Build-Off, they would always show, like, the raw motorcycle. I think that's when the—I will tell you that I think that's when the bikes are the most beautiful. Pictures of that yeah. bike when it's when it's completely raw. Pictures of that bike when it's completely raw. That one that we built over there for Napa Auto Parts, that bike— Looks fantastic put together, but if I show you pictures of that bike in the raw, it's a thousand percent. I think better. that's the coolest show I've ever heard of, and unfortunately, I was not even around in the scene when it happened. Was the motorcyclist art, uh, the naked truth? Yeah, and it was all raw motorcycles. I've just seen photos of it, right? So I know the idea, and there's no show like that, you know, there's no you know, there's no, like, a lot of people don't see the fabric. And I think that's really what makes it stand out when you have, because you can hide stuff at a show. Mm-hmm. You can, hell, it could be fiberglass under there, and you can make it look like most people won't know. They'll think it's steel. Right. You know, you can trick most people. But, like, when you know, especially when you know there's no filler there, there's nothing. You know, it's just, like, that is a raw motorcycle. That's the level that this guy's building the bike on before he finishes it up. And I want, I think it'd be a cool little exercise just to show. Plus, I want people to see the bike when it's in its raw form, you know. And it's kind of a new challenge because I've never really metal finish. I mean, it'll still, like, I'm still going to body work it when I paint it. Like, no matter what you do, like, it'll never be smooth enough. But... But I want to make it just look like a nice raw motorcycle. It'll be like that for you know that show and maybe a couple other shows, and then it's it'll never be like that again. Like right. that that opportunity to see that motorcycle is gone. Like the opportunity to see the original motorcycle is gone. All you see is the tins and the original frame on the new bike. Sure, but there's something cool about that. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to get going on this trophy. It's and it's going to be cool to see like everyone else's interpretations through the years like i want to see like a painter's because obviously brian Batera's a fabricator i'm a fabricator so i'm going to do the same thing he used a lot of like old parts i'm probably not going to use any parts but i would like to talk to you about maybe uh i'd like to put like a the bead blast finish what is that stuff yeah called? the vapor the vapor, vapor blast. blast yeah i think it'd be cool to vapor blast the whole thing before i weld it and then weld Fuck it all yeah, dude. and it'll just be one you know uh, vapor blast you can use but my vapor honer anytime you want that, that'd be cool but um thank you but uh i think it'll be cool like say like a painter wins it next year like it'd be cool to see their interpretation yeah i want it to be an artist-based trophy yeah you know i want it to be different i want it to be whatever inspires whoever you know some i want i want people to want to be in this show 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why we put so much money into it, dude. Just we spent so that much money. Will bring people into it. Yeah, I know. I saw the video of the room. <laughs> the venue is is yeah. is I mean, we I, we got the nicest venue we yeah. could get. And I've been there before. I went there for Skills USA a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh doing welding sculpture. But no uh yeah, I've been in that room. It's a big room. <laughs> yep. It's a nice place and yeah. it's good people and yeah. So. Yeah. Which I do want to talk to you about possibly. I, I want to start setting up some shows too uh, along here. I know I'm kind of making this mm. podcast long, but uh, I want. Don't worry about that. I got plenty of uh, space. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I I think Florida needs like a either a Born Free or a Mama Let's Tried. I know uh, Eric Runyon, which you need to do a podcast with him. You know, Is that who, the guy from uh, Chapageddon or Gears and, Gears and Glory? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't Chopper know Rama. him. I would like to have a conversation with him. He's wanting to. He found this. Crazy crazy venue like it's an old wedding hall i think it or it's a now a wedding hall but it used to be a theater like an actual theater like right people live acting like it's old and he said you could fit 100 bikes in there and he's wanting to do his own show i want to do something like maybe on the beach like during the winter time like Let's you know how it. like the california the long beach one yeah we'll call it'll be a harley only show and we'll call it the bay of pigs Nice, I like that. See, <laughs> that's actually really clever. And when we when we get done here, I'll share some other stuff off air with you that I'm working on right now. But yeah. there's gonna be plenty of opportunity for that, and yeah. we're looking for those things. I want like I want something where it's in a spot that's different, and like it's a photography like photographers want to come out there, take photos. Bikes have to be invited. Yep. Yeah, you know, and I like I said, it it won't be just a Harley only show. It'll be like a cool bike show, but right. you know, just to play off the name. <laughs> yeah, but for starts, I know it'll probably be small. But this is just something because I I want to start like actually putting into because like you said, you know, if young people are interested in this, you know, what happens to it, you know, down goes the road, away. it goes away. So what you do is you put shows that kids want to go to. You know, and you know, as much shit as you want to talk hipsters, you know, talk on hipsters, they they like pretty shit. They and enjoy like, it. I, I, yeah, I, I clown too. on them. I clown on everybody. Though. Oh, yeah. I'm such a hipster when it comes to that. So I love like a nice venue that's just like photogenic. I, okay. I thought you were going to say I love a good IPA. <laughs> Oh, dude, I love an IPA. Uh, <laughs> you don't have a beard, though. That's the best part. Yeah. No, uh, I, I like thick beers. I just like thick beers, but I feel like a dick every time I order an IPA. I'm like an asshole. <laughs> well, dude, I really, really, I had a great time. I appreciate you coming out here and doing this. We have to do this again uh, sooner than later. Yeah, man. And Thank I you appreciate for having you. me out. Well, I, you know you earned it, and I really appreciate you building the trophy for the for the Legacy Award this year. And uh, this the, the, the CF Wheels of steel go to cfwheelsofsteel.com it's going to be december 5th and 6th at the rp funding center in downtown lakeland florida and we pulled out all the stops geico's our premier sponsor we've got some other people in the hopper right now that i can't say i'm, I'm dying to tell everybody who else is involved in this but what you need to know is jeff g holt the v-twin visionary good buddy of mine we've been friends for several years now he's our uh, show ambassador he's gonna make sure we all have a good time lots of people involved nams lighting electric lighting uh, we're gonna get lex and moto involved mark Chusano, i know you listen to the podcast so you expect a call from me fucker i'm gonna gonna push you for a little bit of product and uh you know arlen ness the the guys at arlen ness helped us out last year and uh i'm gonna get with them again and get them to give us some stuff too again so uh i appreciate you coming out dude thanks much oh, it's an honor all right buddy thank you
listening to the Howard Mills Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening.